Welcome back, Bulls Nation, to another episode of Nothing But Bull. I'm your host, Derek. And of course, as always, I'm here with my main man, Justin. Justin, what's going on? Nothing much. I was just bro- uh, blocking my um, my video there for a second. So you all had a, a good um, picture of my phone, the back of my phone, <laughs> when, the, when we were uh, starting. So what's going on with you all, beautiful people? Like, I feel like I haven't I haven't seen your faces in like forever. <laughs> Nothing much, man. Just just back at this, ready to go. And of course we have Melissa here as well. What's Melissa, up? how are you doing? Doing great. I hope you guys are all well. Over in uh Bulls Nation land and everywhere, everywhere in between. Yeah, I told Melissa before we started, I had to turn my background off because my arm kept disappearing. I didn't want people to think like, oh, my God, he lost his arm at Bulls Fest. What happened? (laughs) It was that crazy. Derek, if you wanted to show off your guns, that's all you needed to say. Like, you don't need to, like, you know, hide (laughs) hide your true intentions there. (laughs) I mean, that would have been seen with or without the background. And it just looked like I had one arm. <laughs> just give him a flash, Derek. Just give him a flash. <laughs> it's like the, the purpose was showing off the Bulls Fest jersey. Yeah, that jersey is so nice. You got to turn around so everybody else can see the back of it, too. I don't know how well that's going to work, but <laughs> I'm not in a spinning chair. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll do Make my work, best. Oh, that's it. That's perfect. There you go. That was such a clean jersey. Oh, nice Bulls fast with 22 in 2022. Love that. Yeah, looking good, man. Thank you. Hopefully, we'll have one next year. It'll be 23 next year. Right, 2023. That that means somebody named Justin has to come. Yes, sir. Yeah, um, next time you can invite me. How about that? have to hear about these wild stories that you all are having all of this fun <laughs> and uh no invite from you two so thank you for that thank you very much appreciate it too busy hiding the chairs from all the kids yeah <laughs> i mean we definitely <clears throat> told you to come i know you did but i had i had like responsibilities that i needed to take care of speaking of those kids like these this group of kids that I have been uh, teaching have been like causing like just sheer terror <laughs> in the classroom. It has been crazy because um, we've had a sub that um, I've been like, I at the beginning of the year, I was um, sharing that space with. And it was like night and day. You would have thought that children were like losing their minds and just going off on people. And it was like, crazy the transition like they're fine with me and then when they get over to the other side with the sub it was like night and day it was just mind-boggling to see the transformation with these kids and that were just taking advantage of the sheer like the situation 
Like, and they, and they let the sub know you're just the sub. And these are third graders that are saying this to them. So it has been kind of wild, like the first couple of weeks of school. It is like that, that I remember being in grammar school and a sub would come in and <laughs> the sub would get no respect. Everybody would go wild. But just at such a young age, just to know, just to turn it up, like you see somebody in there that you don't have any respect for. So you just start like fighting people and flipping desks over. I don't know about fighting people or flipping desks over. But maybe That's what I'm happens. saying. Like there's like the general, like I'm a goof around, but yeah. to like actually like become like hysterically violent like that's a bit of a problem exaggerations or are you no i like i am not exaggerating at all like i wish i was exaggerating but it's just um you know the sub in there he like didn't have a a firm grasp of the language Mm -hmm. so that was a barrier that he had to deal with but he had never also taught in an elementary school setting and um, it was just, just madness, just for lack of a better word, just, it was just wild, crazy bananas. It was like, if I told you that there were children inside of a room, just throwing like fruit at each other, like it was like that kind of setting. It didn't happen. <clears throat> But in certain situations, I kind of wish that that was something that happened instead of like the nonsense that we had to deal with. So, well, glad. You're but back. it's over now. Like we got it settled, so everything is good. I mean, <laughs> you said they were throwing desk, <laughs> like flipping over desk, um, just deciding, hey, w- let's just fight. Like I, I generally heard two kids just say to each other let's just go outside and fight like for no reason whatsoever these are eight and nine year olds so i'm like what in the world at least they didn't have any chairs to throw you're gonna like make me like live that down for forever you do that to yourself i did i shared too much Oh man, I mean <laughs> I mean our listeners love it. Like we have people that tune in just to hear what type of story you're going to tell each week. What's Justin gonna say this week? Well, you know, the funny thing is, like I was thinking about my week and then I turned on Twitter and like I I like flipping through to see like certain like videos that people will post. And I, I came across this post of this woman who had taken her phone away from her 12 year old. And like she recorded the damage that he had caused throughout the entire home. It was like a like a, a tornado went through the whole entire room. And I'm like, first of all, who airs their dirty laundry like that? Like who lets other people know that your children like are capable of doing that thing. That's the first thing that came through my mind. And the second thing was like, I can't imagine like anything like that ever happening in my household. Because like from my dad's standpoint, my dad would just like randomly find ways to tell us that it was his house. Like, you know, just if our door was closed, he would just open the door and just walk in. 
And we'd look at him and he was like, it's my house. I can do that. Or he would just like wake us up like on a Saturday at 6.30. Got to wash my car because it's his house. My name is on the deed. Like these were like actual things that my father would just randomly do. And, but you know, it, it had us like understand the boundaries that we needed to have in the, the familial environment. And I just look at a lot of these kids and they don't know any type of boundaries whatsoever. I think that that's what's missing like with a lot of these, these kids today. They don't know, like I, I sent a post and you know, I was, I keyed in on the fact that she said, I took his phone away. And my dad would have been like, no, that's my phone because I paid for the phone and I pay like for you to be able to have the phone. So it's still my phone. And I actually had to have the same conversation with my students because some of the students were coming in and they were going on websites that they weren't supposed to go on. And I said, your name is on the computer because I assigned that computer to you. It's not your computer. You didn't pot buy the computer. It belongs to the district, the school district that we are in. And I had that like conversation and it was like funny, like watching their brains just like turn on and be like, oh wait, no, this, this doesn't belong to me. Like I can't just do whatever it is that I want to do. But, you know, I'm real, real with my students. I tell them like about boundaries and like how don't push push me because like I might react a totally different way than what you might be you know expecting from me but a lot of these kids just don't have just fundamental boundaries that they need to be aware of so it's a work in progress with them I see but I just I feel bad for like this generation of kids because I'm like y'all y'all just you just let out on the loose you just do whatever you want to do so Shouldn't those websites be blocked? Yeah, I would think they are, but because like there's new te technology, I don't know if the district has gotten around to like blocking certain things. Like I had a student who was trying to go on YouTube and watching like wrestling matches, like WWE wrestling. Like, what are you doing? Like, like, do I look like that teacher that is going to tolerate that? And so. You know, we had our little like come to Jesus moment where like he tried something and then he got a chance to see like a different side of me that I had been warning him about. Like, I don't think you want to go down this road with me. And he understood his boundaries and we've been fine ever since. So he still goes in the other classrooms and, you know, turns it up. But in my classroom, it's perfectly fine. Yes get along great so well, I thought you totally missed out on Bulls Fest on a happier note <laughs> <laughs> the people were waiting for you on this three-point contest and uh we were gonna do we we're gonna get together for like a dunk um put you in the dunk tank, remember and you just didn't show up you're not gonna see me dunking a ball anytime <laughs> soon no, you were going to be in the dunk tank Oh, the dunk tank. Mm -hmm. No, that's not going to happen either. They tried doing that at my school, trying to get me in a dunk tank. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not the dunk tank teacher. <laughs> yes, me specifically, because of the stories that I have at school. <laughs> like, they think that the, the students would really enjoy putting me in a dunk contest. So. He took or our chairs. <laughs> 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 <In the tank. laughs> 
I don't take their chairs, Derek. The chairs don't belong to them. They're my chairs. They are my chairs. That's how you let them know, just like your pops. These are my chairs. Exactly. This is my water. <laughs> my air. Very subtle. No, it's not subtle, Melissa. <laughs> it is very exact and to the point. Oh man, yeah, you you were supposed to be in the, the three point contest with both of us though. Uh, little kid, I think probably about 12, 13 years old, won it. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, he I just... saw some of the videos that you all like had posted. There was a, a good amount of people who were like some young kids who had some skills. Like it was pretty impressive. They were giving out really nice prizes too. They were giving out those uh, basketballs, like Bulls basketballs. Um, they had like. The Bulls fast colors, like what Derek's wearing, were really cool. There were a lot yeah. of there was a lot to see. There's a lot of cool artists and things to do, and all the photo ops. But it was yeah, beautiful. my wife was like, "Was that the brat?" And I was like, "Yes, yes, it was." <laughs> the brat tat tat tat. <laughs> Making your neck snap back. <laughs> those. Young people, younger people who don't understand what that, <laughs> what we just said, just check out the brat. I, I, I mean, yeah, a lot of people didn't know about the brat. Yeah. Really? He kind of got empty after those dunk contests and three-point contests that night. But it was full for G Herbo. Yeah. And Dalen was up there and Javante was kind of like hanging out in the back. And Io, uh, you did you see those videos? They were I saw the videos, and the first thing I said to myself was, who is G-Hero? Like, <laughs> I, like, I don't know who G-Hero is either. I don't know who G-Hero is. I've never heard of G-Hero. <laughs> you know, okay. You played it off so well, because like in the in the, the message that I saw, I mean, I it was like G-Hero, and I was like, yeah, G-Hero. Listen, somebody was like, who's G-Hero? Somebody needs to create a burner account or something or a stand account for Justin and like things Justin says. <laughs> I think that's what needs to happen. Okay, so it's G-Herbo. G <laughs> it's G-Herbo? Herbo. <laughs> I said hero. Oh my God. <laughs> that's where we're like, I've never heard of G-Hero. <laughs> I've never heard that's of That's why. Okay. So now I feel even doubly stupid. So thank you very much. <laughs> Again, none of us had any part in that. Well, I, I think it's time that we uh, admit our special guests and to this meeting. Because <laughs> he just joined the waiting room. <clears throat> a slow connection there we go you're being joined by chdo bulls host big dave what's going on man peace peace, peace. what's going on fella how y'all feel <laughs> ladies and gentlemen how are y'all excited to have you like you Thank are you, truly man. a hero uh for nation <laughs> no like really uh can i call you dave or big dave like which one uh, you either one brother all right. Well, Dave, like you, you got us through like some very turbulent times <laughs> in the Bulls, <laughs> the Bulls history there 
for for a minute. So like we like salute oh, you, man. like I, very much so. A true soldier. Oh man, <laughs> I don't even know how to take that, but I'll just take it as thank you. I, I really do appreciate it. Um, I never, I don't know, I don't, I don't ever do anything thinking people are paying attention to it. I just do it. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm glad y'all y'all like it and feel something from it. That's that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, like yeah. that's said when those teams were like horrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> no matter how the game went, and once the Bulls uh, outsiders came on, <laughs> tuning yeah. in, and you guys made us laugh and forget about what we just witnessed with the team. Hey man, hey, I'm glad we had you know 30 minutes before we went on. I promise you that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they had. You know, we were good that we had Kendall and Will and Jason, you know, and before Mark Shanowski, you know, doing the uh, post game, because if we went on right after them, man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Debrief, decompress, you know what I'm saying? Absorb it, then get mad all over again because we watched the ball headed minutes in the press conference talking <laughs> crazy. And then, oh God, yeah, they they were tough times, but you know we we laughed through the pain of a lot of that. <laughs> There's a lot of great content I find that comes through, like pain. Like you learn to like just like accept your reality, but like find ways to like find the humor in in the misery that you're going through. Um, oh yes, so sir. Um. But but Dave, like tell us tell us a little bit about yourself. Like how how did you start off becoming a Bulls fan, and how did that transition to um, you know starting with the Outsiders? Oh man, um, well I'm the, I'm the I'm the youngest of six, and I mean you know Whoa. my mom and dad my mom and dad liked each other. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm the I'm the youngest, and sports was always pretty prominent in my house. Well. Not even just sports, like the arts, period, were pretty prominent, you know, in my house. So anything to do with the arts, we were pretty involved in, you know, um, whether it was music, whether it was dance, whether it's sports, you know, that was always, you know, something that was around us. Um, but my father was a big sports fan and, you know, he just loved the game, basketball, football, you know, anything like that. And so it just kind of started just wanting to be around him as a kid. You know what I mean? Because that's your father. So I'm just hanging out with him, you know, just watching whatever he's watching. And also then that turned into uh, just joy because my mother was a also a huge sports fan. She was all about Chicago sports. And so, you know, we would have like special days, like when the Bears would be in the playoffs. This is when the Bears are actually good. You know what I mean? They would go to the playoffs and my mother would, you know, have like chili made and everybody would have a jersey on and you know we'd be playing like the super bowl shuffle or something like that and um you know like it, it was always something really special you know what i'm saying attached to it um so that's kind of what got us that love you know what i'm saying of it and like i said my dad was just really big into it so i would sit with him and always watch it and then that kind of you know went over to my brothers because i you know when you're the youngest you just do anything that your family's doing or your older siblings are doing and so my oldest brother was, you know, huge, huge, huge sports guy. Uh, yeah, I remember his basement was just littered with like Sports Illustrated, sports covers and, you know, posters of old school bulls. My brother's old school, so it'd be like Ricky Sobers. That might be too old for y'all. But that was like Ricky Sobers way back in the day. And, 
you know, I didn't know who the, who the hell that was. And I barely still know it now because you know what I mean? it was older. <laughs> but um, I just remember that poster and that kind of transitioned uh, to my brother, uh, who was also a huge, huge sports fan. He also played uh, not at not at any big level, but, you know, we always played sports and played basketball and football a lot. So the room you just littered with like just Bulls pictures. And this was around the Jordan time. So Jordan, everything and Bulls, everything just all over the place. And it was always taught to us, like through my brother, that you stick with your hometown team. You know, that's what you roll with. Uh, I remember I, I tried to be a 49ers fan and he, he wouldn't allow it. And Motors <laughs> <laughs> Bro was like, no, we don't do that. You know what I mean? We stick, we stick with our squad and that's how we roll. So um, yeah, exactly. And, that, and I'm, I'm a very, it's one of my greatest um, strengths and weaknesses is I'm very, very loyal. And that's kind of where it comes to that. You know what I'm saying? So I'm a, I'm a White Sox fan through and through. I'm a, I'm a, a Bulls fan through and through. I'm a Bears fan through and through. But yeah, I st- we stick with our teams around here. And I, I kind of learned that uh, from my brother. So, but yeah, that love for the Bulls was taught very, very early on. And it was funny because my, my father didn't like any Chicago sports teams. He hated them all. Uh, <laughs> he hated them all. Like he did. He couldn't stand none of them, man. Like to be to be a hundred on it. Like he was, he grew up around that era in that time where he saw certain racism, you know what I'm saying, and saw uh how they would treat certain players, you know what I'm saying, because of the color of their skin. And <clears throat> Chicago was pretty prominent in that. You know what I mean? A lot of their owners were were pretty prominent in that. And he couldn't stand, he could not stand them. So yeah, and that, that carried on. But, you know, I'm like, that's my team. You know what I'm saying? Like, we grew. You know, look, we got Jordan now. It changed. Oh, you know, you didn't see Elgin Baylor. Ah, oh, you didn't see what Chamberlain. You know what I mean? You didn't see these guys growing up. His attitude changed as Mike, you know, won more. His attitude changed. But, but yeah, that's that's kind of what loyalty and my love uh, for the Chicago Bulls kind of comes from. All right. So how did you – how did the opportunity get presented for you to actually start – talking about the Bulls, especially going on the air after the Bulls games. Oh, man. Um, okay. So I started doing ball, uh, like balling Bulls with my, my friend Chris. And the whole thing about it that I kept telling him was we kind of want to go at a turtle pace. I didn't, I didn't want to go fast. Uh, I wanted to put in basically my 10,000 hours. And I just wanted to just keep doing it, make mistakes, screw up, you know what I'm saying? Start over, record shows and forget to hit record. You know what I mean? And microphones messed up, you know, sitting in his closet because we wanted to get the sound right. You know, I wanted to make all those kind of mistakes, you know? And so that's what we did. And we would just record and, and we kept recording. And I told him, we just, I just never wanted to stop. Um, I, I was like, if it feels like a job, then we'll stop, you know, but it never felt like that and still hasn't felt like that. So, yeah, we would just record and we would record and record. And I said, whatever, you know, comes from this, comes from this. Like, the main thing we wanted to do was get, like, tickets to a Bulls game. That was the goal. You know what I mean? Like, can I get tickets to a Bulls game from doing this? Um, but we're doing that show. And I, my job, I used to work downtown uh, across from uh, the Sears Tower, not the Willis. And see uh, Red Fred worked in the same building with me. And he got on the elevator with me one day because he saw I had a hat on. As y'all know, I wear hats all the time. And he saw I had a Bulls hat on. And he was like, oh, you're a Bulls fan? I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm a Bulls fan. And we started talking Bulls. And he asked me who my favorite player was at that time. I was like, oh, Ben Gordon. 
his eyes lit up. And then he asked me, well, do you like Heinrich? I was like, yeah, he's okay. And his eyes really lit up. <laughs> and, and then we would just see each other periodically uh, over, over the year or year or two of that, you know, we would just see each other. And then he ended up working across uh, from me on the same floor, different companies, but he worked across from me on the same floor. So we would see each other all the time and just talk sports. And one day he just asked me, you know, did I do podcasting or anything like that? And I was like, actually, I do. You know, I do do a Bulls podcast, you know, and I talk Bulls on it all the time. And he was like, oh, yeah, I do that, too. Now, at this point in time, y'all, there were not a lot of Bulls podcasts out at all. There weren't. Uh, it was Fred, it was Doug, and it was us and, like, three other people doing Bulls podcasts. And Fred invited me to do a podcast with him, uh, a remote, on, on my lunch break. <laughs> He's like, come do it. And I'm like, okay. And we went to a subway and we in the back of a subway and I'm just watching. I'm not even participating. I'm just watching him do this show. And I'm like, wow, this is cool. And I'm like, I'm in a subway downtown at one o'clock in the afternoon. I should be back at work, but I'm not going. I'm like, I'm gonna do this. <laughs> but um, I'm just gonna have to be late, you know? But anyway, that's, uh, so C. Red Fred became really good friends. And I started, you know, hanging out with him more, you know, then he started throwing draft parties with Doug and we started, you know, getting tighter and tighter and tighter. So fast forward all that. Uh, one day Fred contacts me and was like, Hey, there's this new show coming up um, on NBC Sports Chicago. And I'm gonna go audition for it. And he said, honestly, um, when the producer asked me if he knew anybody who would want to do the show, he was like, you're the first person I thought of. I thought you would be great. And I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, okay. You want me to go up here and help you do your thing? Cool. You know, I was like, absolutely. I'll help you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, whatever you need from me, bro. I got you. I wasn't even thinking about me. Um, so he tells me about it. He was like, I think you'd be good at it. You know, and Fred, you know, hyping it up. And I'm sure y'all understand this when people are, you know, heaping the praise on you. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, you know, it's okay. You know, eh, eh, you know, kind of, you know, eh, you know, like that. So he's telling me, you know, you'd be great at this. You'd be awesome at this. Now, keep in mind, I did go to school for this. Like I, I got two college degrees. Like I did go to school for this stuff. You know, I went communications and then I got my other degree at Columbia and radio. So it's not like I'm foreign to any of this, but you know, it's still, you know, weird when somebody, cause that's just who I am. You know what I mean? You gotta be who you are in this world. So he's telling me all this stuff and the day, the day of the audition comes around and I drive and I park and I take a Uber black there so I can be on time and I don't have to worry about nothing and deal with nothing. The Uber black breaks down in the middle of downtown Chicago. Oh no. So, <laughs> so the guy looks at me and I'm, I'm like, what are we doing? We're like right where the Chicago theater is We're right there. And, He's like, yeah, it broke down. He, and then he goes in his um, armrest and he pulls out five bucks. He's like, yo, you got to take a cab there, right? And so he, and he was like, but it's right there. Like, he was like, you can walk across the bridge and get there. I'm terrible with directions, all right? So he tells me this, I get lost immediately. Um, and so I'm walking in a, basically a circle. Fred's on the phone with me like, where are you, dude? Like, <laughs> stuff's about to go down. I don't know where I am. I'm lost. Finally, I'm just asking someone and this really nice person uh, walked me over to where the NBC studios were. They were like tucked inside of like a hotel. Honestly, I would have never found it without his help. But I get there, I go in with Fred and yeah, and, and yeah, there we have the audition. And when we're doing the audition, 
you know, everybody's great. I'm not even lying to you. Like everybody is excellent. Matt Peck is there, you know, John Savine is there, you know, for everybody's there. Um, and everybody's just really, 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 really good. And the saying goes, like, if everybody's good, then you're the one that is, you know? So I'm looking at me like, oh man. And also at this time, and this plays into just, um, just race a little bit is I wasn't comfortable in that first one when I did it. Like I went in and I had my hair pulled back. Some I don't really do. You know what I mean? I I, I didn't feel <coughs> comfortable in what I had on. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I didn't know what they wanted, you know? And when I get there and, you know, Kevin Anderson, who's the producer, is telling us, we just want people who are authentic Bulls fans. And I'm like, yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay, sure. I'm not used to being told I'm accepted. You know what I'm saying? I'm not used to that, you know, with my skin, with my hair, with my hats, you know, with my hip hop, with all that. I'm not told that I'm not used to being told we accepting you. I'm used to fighting for it. You know what I'm saying? So when he's telling me that, I don't believe him. So I go in there, we do the audition. I think I suck. And I honestly go home. Oh, and, and before I could get home, my phone died. So I couldn't really call again to get home. So yeah, it was it was a terrible first audition for me. I thought it sucked. And honestly, by the time I got home, I never thought of it again. I didn't think of, I, I put it out my mind. I was like, well, I ain't get that one. All right, well, it's cool. I got a call back um, a few days later uh, from Kevin. He was like, we want to call you back in for a final audition, a second audition. And I remember right then and there, I told myself, okay, look, if they're not going to accept me, they're just not going to accept me for me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going in there being nobody else. I'm just going to go in there and being exactly who I am. So my hoodie came out, <laughs> my hair came down, you know what I'm saying? My Jordans went on, you know what I'm saying? It was whatever. Y'all just ain't gonna like me for me, but y'all just gonna, whatever. I'm, I'm gonna go home happy as I don't know what, cause I'm about to show y'all me. And I went in there and I was me, you know what I mean? I was comfortable, I was cool. You know, we cracked jokes, we just talking. And then after it was over again, I put it out my brain cause I did what I wanted to do. And so I didn't care about it anymore after that. And then I got a call um, from Kevin and I was, I never, <laughs> I'm sitting at home in my basement, in my drawers, watching TV. That's really what I was doing. And he called me and he tells me, yo, you got the job. And I didn't say anything for like 25 seconds. I just was kind of froze. Cause I'm like, you know, what are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's weird, bro. What do you mean? And he's like, yeah, you, you got this. And I'm just, and then my brother, came in and I, he sees me he's looking at me he's like yo you know what I'm saying? you got yo and so everybody's just really happy and yeah so that's 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 how i got it and yeah it was it was like that <laughs> that's, what's up. that's awesome that's awesome so you literally like just let your hair down and just literally did yeah. what you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> literally let my hair down and did what i wanted and it's funny like that's how I, i've always have been like it's one of my things like I, I don't mind if people don't like me, but I only mind if people don't like me for what they think I am. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't care if you don't like me for who I am. I'm, I'm comfortable with that, bro. Like, I'm, I'm very secure in who I am. You know what I'm saying? I'm very comfortable. If you don't like, I'm, that's beautiful. You know what I mean? Then you just don't like who I am and that's fine. But I don't want you walking away thinking I'm something else and that's why you don't like me. So that's kind of why I went in there with, with that mentality right there. And that's kind of how I approach everything in life is is in that way with hair down your know, or hair up just but it's my choice and it's my decision you know what i'm saying so yeah and like i would tell them on nbc like i'll be like there's nobody here who looks like me 
you know, and I'm not even talking skin color, bro. Like I'm talking, you know, nobody's got no long hair like this. Nobody's rocking hats all day. Nobody's wearing what I'm wearing. And the people who do are millionaires <laughs> or they play, you know what I mean? And they're guests on here. Nobody only has a show, you know what I'm saying? Doing this. So none of that stuff is lost on me when I do anything. You know what I mean? Like I, I think of all that and I hope that uh, the people who do think like me or look like me, I don't care your color, but I just want them to understand that feeling of acceptance of yourself, you know what I mean? And be comfortable in who you are when you're doing anything. And I hope they get some of that uh, when I'm talking bulls on, <laughs> on a show. That's yeah. pretty powerful. And, you know, um, just like to, to mention, you guys come across as very authentic, like Thank your you. grind and everything, it comes across in, in your shows all the time. And it's, it's pretty refreshing to see that like you guys are not going to sugarcoat anything. Like you, if there's like a situation that you feel strongly about, you're gonna face that like right on. Um, but you mentioned before that you didn't want this to come across as just like a job that you were yeah. doing. And um, I think that speaks to the kind of show that you all have because it, it doesn't come across like, it, just, it's, it really just comes across like you guys are just shooting the breeze like just a bunch of friends just like talking it up but did that connection like come across right away because you mentioned earlier that everybody was good so was that a connection that you all automatically saw or did it take some time to like build up um that that fluidness within your show <laughs> oh man so that's a great question um it was immediate and when the Matt was the first person I saw when I got there in the first audition and he wasn't talking to nobody because <laughs> Matt was just very focused on getting one of these positions. You know what I mean? He didn't, he wasn't trying to fraternize. He wasn't trying to do anything. I'm the complete opposite. As you all know, I'm talking to everybody. You know what I'm saying? That's just my personality. Like that's just who I am. And the first person I connected with was John. He was the first person because John was silly. And, and as y'all know, I'm very silly. And so we're just cracking jokes. And I'm just laughing at him. And then he starts talking wrestling. And I'm like, oh, what? We're about to talk wrestling? Okay, bet. Like, yo, let's do this. And we're going to talk, talk wrestling. And when I left, I remember he was, I was like, man, I got to I gotta get up with this dude. That was after the first audition. Like, I got to get up with this guy. He was, I don't ask people for their Twitter handle, but I asked him for his Twitter handle before I left. You know what I mean? Because I just wanted to keep in touch with this guy. No matter what happened, I wanted to keep in touch with him. Because I just liked his whole vibe. So the second audition, I remember they put us up there and they had me sitting in the middle and they had John on the right and they had Matt on the left. And we just sitting up there and that's, this is where me and Matt, Matt and I connection started is because our connection started, like it does with a lot of my friends, which is through arguing. <laughs> and so Matt, Matt and I just were debating and going at it. You know what I'm saying? That's all we were. I was cracking jokes, going back and forth about Jimmy Butler and this and that. You know what I mean? I remember Matt said that line um, about Jimmy Butler's, uh, uh, gosh, uh, trainer. When he was talking about the front office, he was like, he knows drug dealers with better morality. You know what I'm saying? In the Bulls front office. And I told Matt, I was like, well, he don't. I was like, well, Matt, he don't know no drug dealers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> if y'all think that's the case, he don't know none, all right? Zero. So we talked about that, but then the conversation evolved into Tom Hanks. And we're talking about Tom Hanks movies and how you never, ever want to get 
around Tom Hanks when he's around water because something bad is going to happen. <laughs> we just, you know, because we like any Tom Hanks movie where he's around water, something bad is going down. You know, that's just the case. Think about Castaway and all that. We just run it down. We just start running stuff down. We were like, we was like, if it's a plane or a ship or anything like that, you don't want to do Tom Hanks, Captain Phillips. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't want to do it. So this is literally a conversation we're having doing our audition for the show. So we completely forgot about the argument. We're laughing about this. So that was the connection. Like it was immediate. And our executive producer, Kevin Anderson, shout out to him. He saw it immediately. Like when he put us together, he knew it, you know, before we even knew it. And yeah, it was immediate. And Matt and I got to the point, which was weird that we started like thinking the same. Like we, we had the same, we would say the same thing at the same time. I can't tell you how many times we did that. And we have many witnesses who watched us do that. We would say the same sentence in the same way at the same time, over and over and over. We kept doing this. And Matt is so different from me and I'm different from him, but we're kind of, we're the same. You know what I mean? Like we really are in our thinking the same. And so Matt and I would walk home uh, he would walk to the train and I would walk to my car, but it was kind of like the same path to walk down that bridge. And we, we did that like every day, you know, for the, when we were doing the Bulls Outsider show and on those walks, you know, we would just be talking and then we would talk about what we wanted to do, you know, and we'd be like, man, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we could just do this, you know, all the time and, you know, just had this kind of show and rapport, like all the time, like we would have those kind of conversations and things like that. And so, yeah, we, we just got tight on an audition and it really just felt like we known each other forever. And we, yeah, we just, we gonna be cool forever. That's just really what it is. So wait a minute, who won the argument? Because like you mentioned Tom Hanks and water and yeah. it, immediately my mind went to Splash. Splash, I, I oh my God, yes. <laughs> like, I was like, wait, what, what tragedy happened in Splash that I missed? <laughs> It wasn't, see, that was young Tom Hanks. That was different. That was young Tom Hanks. Yeah, well, Older was, Tom Hanks. I, I started thinking when you mentioned Tom Hanks, for some reason, like Bosom Buddies just came up into my Bus mind. Yes. Yeah, but I remember that show. Mentioned the water. And I was like, wait a minute. My first recollection of Tom Hanks was Splash. And I could not mm -hmm. remember. Was there something bad that happened in Splash? Or are you like just jumping forward <laughs> to like, Wilson, like, is that the Tom Hanks? Yeah, we would, we would talk, we were talking older Tom Hanks did because we didn't mention young Tom Hanks because you're right about Splash. You're right. I'm trying to, wasn't there something wrong with the mermaid in that? Like, she couldn't leave and she, or she would like die, you know, saying she wasn't <laughs> in water. Like, that sounds tragic to me. <laughs> if that's the case, you got pretty me. tragic. You got me. You got me. <laughs> no, nobody won. We just talked, man. I'm just talking. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I want to know you guys are, I want to know a little bit more about your little argument with uh, Jimmy Butler. <laughs> no, I think that was it because Matt and I was just debating. I think Jimmy, I can't remember if he was, no, he was gone at that time, obviously, because that was right after the three alphas uh, season. And so, yeah, so I think that was just what is Jim, was getting rid of Jimmy Butler the right move mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I think that's what the argument was. And yeah, like I saw him. Um, yeah, he was he was very gung ho, and Matt's very serious about his stuff. And I mess with him because I, I'm like, you're taking this way too serious. Let me poke at you a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, why are you so serious about this? Let me poke at you, man. Like, you you tripping? 
And so I just messed with him, you know what I mean? Like, come on, dude. Like, and, and you know, we, we, it was a real like debate. Like everybody had their facts, you know what I mean? Everybody had their points, but I don't, honestly, he argues to win. I don't argue to win. You know, I don't care. You know, I don't, I really don't care about winning and losing when it comes to that stuff. I'm competitive, but you know, in other stuff, when we're arguing sports and stuff, I, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care who wins or loses in that sense. I just want to get my point in. And I'm going to get my point across and I need you to feel where I'm coming from. And I want to feel where you're coming from too. Like, I want to hear it. You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean? Like, okay, where are you getting this from? Okay. Is this right or wrong? Because your points might be super duper valid. You know what I mean? And I might say, okay, all right, you know what? You got, you right. You know what I mean? You're right. Or I might say, you know what? No, you're wrong about this. And I'm going to tell you why you're wrong about this. And so, yeah, I think that's all that was, uh, Melissa, was we were just continuing just arguing about Jimmy Butler and if he should still be here, if the trade was the right trade, you know, for Laurie Markin and, and, and uh, Chris Dunn and, and all that, was it the right no. thing for him to do? That? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and I think that's what it was. I was on the side like, yeah, just trade him. I, I didn't care, honestly, because I was like, nope. I didn't see it going the way he wanted it to go because this front office was not going to let Jimmy Butler be Jimmy Butler. Yeah. and yeah. that's kind of how I looked at it like and and also Jimmy was rubbing a lot of people the wrong way <laughs> on on the team there a lot of people the wrong way he had a definite ego about himself which is cool but he had one and it didn't sit well with guys uh there but yeah I I didn't mind it because I think it was also people like can he be the one to carry you to a championship can he be the one to do this and do that for you yeah, he could. We, we, we discovered that he could. You know what I mean? He could definitely be that kind of guy. But for me, it was always about the situation that he was in. And I didn't, I didn't think this was the situation he was supposed to be in. When I found out he went to Miami, I was like, dude, this is perfect. He's going to be cool in Miami because it's not going to be dependent totally on him. That's a very team, you know, thing over there in Miami, you know, with their culture. They'll be dependent on him to be the man in the playoffs. And if you watch Jimmy Butler and how he does, he chills in the regular season a lot. But in yep. the playoffs, he ramps it everything up. You know what I mean? This is why he's like the worst all-star player I've ever seen in my life. Not, <laughs> he does not like the all-star at all. Go look up his stats, bro. This dude's stats are just comically bad in an all-star game. It's, it's so bad because he doesn't care. He just wants to win, you know, the championship. It doesn't matter to him. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think it would have worked. And I just I'm, – I'm okay with him leaving because his leaving also meant – the old regime was going to. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay. I'm like, if I got to lose Jimmy Butler to get rid of guard packs too, bet. Okay. I can live with that. I can live with that because I couldn't live with continuous bad basketball, man, and bad decisions and all that sadness, bro. That's not my personality. You know what I mean? Like this is, it was, it was sad. Y'all remember? It was, it was yeah. very, very sad. <laughs> very, very tough around here. So <laughs> Yeah, that, that's why we said when y'all guys came on after those games, it was a relief <laughs> because you, we got to Thank laugh you. about it. Yeah, yeah, and we and a lot of people told us that, and my my oldest brother would would tell me stuff like that because I, I I never really paid attention to it that people were you know paying attention to us. I didn't know you know because my whole thing was I go there, I do the show. You know, I'm going back because I, I take care of my mother. You know what I'm saying? So that's my whole focus. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't even focused on anything else like that. And so 
I'm in I'm in the crib. You know what I'm saying? I'm taking care of her. Like I'm cool. We I did what I was supposed to do. Got my check. We good. I talk bulls. I laugh with my friends. I'm happy. And so when he told my brother would just tell me stories of when he would just actually say my name and be like, yo, that's my brother, and how people would freak out about it that that's your brother, you know, doing this show. And that's just, you know what I mean? It's 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 weird to me. It's why, and I mean weird in a good way. It's just, I, it's hard for me to accept that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And I and I'm trying to be better at it, you know, to accept these things and accept that praise and you know, because I'm I'm the person who gives it out all the time, you know. And I'm trying to be better in accepting, you know, what I'm saying those things and, you know, as as my homegirl say, living in living in your truth, kind of thing. I'm trying to be better at that stuff, but. But yeah, man, like when people like you guys tell me this stuff and other people tell me they enjoyed it, it makes me happy, you know, that I was able to do that, you know, for somebody, you know, to put a smile on their face, you know what I mean? Or make them not be as mad at what's going on. Because as you all know, as big Bulls fans, you internalize a lot, you know, especially when it's going bad, you know, you're, it's going, going bad for you then, you know, that next day is going to suck. You know, it's the one great thing about basketball other than football. Football, you got to carry it for a week. You know, in basketball, it can end the next game. You know what I mean? So, but it's hard when it doesn't. <laughs> it's tough with it's game after game after game, and it's bad. So, yeah, man, like, I'm, I'm honestly, it means a lot to me that, that you guys and other people really enjoy what I do. Seriously. We yeah. do much. Thank we you. had, we had, a, we did, um, like, we had somebody ask, we're asking questions. Who would ask questions like and somebody just commented it was troy actually he's like i don't have any question for him i just want to tell him he's awesome that he rocks so, i mean yeah thank you man every, everybody loves you and that's a good oh, message man. about staying true to yourself and being grounded because just because of that like look at where you are now where it started was just you having conversations about the bulls with fred and everything went from there and your story about you just being true to yourself and coming back in with your, your hair down and that's a really great message. So that's something that we can all take with us. Just, just be you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. And I, and I, yeah, I, I hope that's conveyed to truly, cause I really like that. Like I'm comfortable around people who are being themselves, yeah. you know, and I try to get people to be themselves. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I have, I, I get, Frank calls it a gift of knowing when people are being phony or something around me. Like I know it. You know what I mean? Whether I say it or not, I immediately understand it and I immediately get it. And I try to get them out of that. Like, no, you don't have to do that. You know, you ain't got to lie to kick it, bro. Like, it's cool. You know what I mean? Like, just be yourself, bro. Like, we're going to hang out. Be wrong. I'm going to be wrong right with you. Like, you know, who cares? You know, like, I don't, I don't care. So, yeah, I, I, once I, I guess, prioritize my life about what matters most to me, everything else, you know, kind of fails in background. So it's like basically God, family, and art. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Like those are the, that's how it goes. You know what I mean? For me in that, in that kind of order. And, and art is anything. I mean, art, when I say art, I mean like, you know, whether it's sports, whether it's actual art, whether it's dance, anything involved with the arts, I want, I love. So television, whatever. So when, once I prioritized that and realized there were two things ahead of that, that meant more to me than anything, then so I was like, man, yeah, let's let's have fun. Like, what are we tripping on right here? I'm not, and the world ain't easy. You know what I'm saying? It's, it ain't, you know, it's hard. But being positive doesn't mean you're being naive is what I like to tell people all the time, bro. Like, I ain't even about nothing. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what's happening. I see exactly what's going on, bro. But my positivity is steeped in logic. 
you know, like it really is. And I'm not just, you know, happy go lucky because it's phony, you know, it's just who I am. And it's who I've been since I was a kid, you know what I'm saying? I was a baby. And if I showed y'all baby pictures of me, which I look amazing again, by the way, <laughs> if I showed y'all <laughs> baby pictures of me, like that's all I was doing was laughing, and smiling. And it's just who I've been, bro. You know what I mean? And, you know, I think you kind of fight against stuff when you're a kid or when you're growing up, I should say. Because when you're growing up, like I'm from the city, you know what I mean? Being happy-go-lucky in the city ain't a thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I got, I, I went through things, you know what I'm saying? I went through issues, you know what I mean? I had to deal with stuff um, just to be myself, you know what I mean? But luckily I had my family who stressed being ourselves, you know, and being who you are and living in that and not worrying about what anybody else say. So yeah, man, I'm glad I'm the size I am because it allows me to be happy all the time. You know, <laughs> it really does. <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm, it's, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean for it to take this turn like philosophically um on this but but yeah man I, I i love um authenticity and i'm glad that comes across when we do this show because it's truly that and i i i bask in that you know it being original and being exactly who we are when we have our statements and that is who he is and i don't want to change i want to change his diet a little bit but i don't want to change him you know what i'm saying <laughs> And who he is, you know what I mean? Like, and I don't want to change Will and, and who he is. I want to change Mark K and who he is. I don't want to change John and who he is, you know? And nobody's going to change me. You know, I'm going to be who I am. And the more you tell me that it sounds stupid, like this does more <laughs> make me want to do it more. Like, like, oh, really? You don't like that? Oh, okay, bet. Well, how about this one then? You know, like, because, yeah, I don't answer to you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I really don't. So, yeah, man, it's like that. And... I'm glad it comes across. I really am glad it comes across. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't believe I get to do it talking about the Bulls because, you know, I, I love the Bulls, you know, and love watching them and just been a fan all my life. And the fact that I get to talk about this team, then get to talk to people like y'all, man, and get to talk to like Chuck Swirsky or, you know, I don't mean just about this team that I love and, and people I revere, you know, at the same time. Mark Shanowski and Kendall Gill, like, you know, it still bugged me. I got Kendall, I could call Kendall Gill. Like, that's weird. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's so wild to me. So, yeah, it's it's those kind of things that are awesome. You know what I mean? That this has afforded me is, is that kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah, it's great. Well, we we really want to talk Bulls with you, but you, sure. you can't drop that nugget and just move on. Like, what is it that Matt is eating that offends you? <laughs> that you oh, want <laughs> You, you like the I way I say, wear that? <laughs> I do. I do. I like, I see you slick with yours. I see you. I see you. I see you. But I'm not offended. It doesn't offend me. It doesn't. It just concerns me sometimes. <laughs> when I'm like, bro, like, do you have a vegetable in your life? You know what I'm saying? Do you like it at all? Because Matt is a meat dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, he and he's he's going to eat this meat. And I'm like, that's cool. I don't eat meat. I, I eat fish. You know, I'm pescatarian. I That's as far as I go with it. But Matt, you know, and he thinks that's dumb. You know, <laughs> he's like, that's stupid. I'll be like, salmon, but salmon burger, it's not real burgers. You know, that, it's, that, none of that is real to him. You know what I mean? If it don't have meat on it, it ain't real to him. And I'm like, man, you know, you eat some vegetables there once in a while, bro. You know, throw some kale on there or something, man. They'll get you a kale smoothie. You know, Matt's like, I had a V8 this morning. I'm like, okay, all right. I'm like, that's a start. We'll, we'll take that. So I told him, Matt will tell you, my whole, I told him my entire 
job with him is to make him live one more year longer than he wants to. <laughs> That's my entire job. Like if I can do that, then I've accomplished something. But yeah, now, offend me, no, no. Concern sometimes, yes. But he can eat what he wants. But I just, yeah, I just want to mix a little more healthier things in there before he's forced to. <laughs> Matt's like, I need to eat things that have parents. Like, that's how. Yeah, I exactly. Do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he has definitely said this. Yeah, yeah. He has definitely said this. Well, he, he told me the other day about an outbreak at Wendy's. They had, a, I think, an a E. coli outbreak at yeah, Wendy's. The lettuce. Yes. The lettuce. And he was like, see, lettuce. <laughs> told you. He was like, you never, you never hear about that with me. And he was joking when he said that, obviously. But he was like, you never hear about that with me. It was lettuce that did it. I'm like, yeah, it's lettuce at Wendy's, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man, stop that. But yeah, it's that kind of thing. So we we go back and forth and we mess with each other a lot. And I think it was when we figured out that we're both, uh, you know, we both stand on what we are. You know, Matt, it stands on who he is and you ain't moving him from that, you know? And I stand on who I am and you ain't moving me from that. And once we figured out that's what it is, then the respect comes, you know, after that. So, yeah. That's just me messing with him, man. That's all. That's my guy. But we got to get your, like, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mel. No, I was going to ask if you, you guys, do you guys spend a lot of time together outside of the show? Because as we've been talking about, it always is so natural. It really feels like we're just hanging out with some friends. Like, we all kind of <laughs> get personalities. Do you guys spend a lot of time together outside of, we, like, bowl games? Yeah, we have. Um, we we have. I don't, I don't as much as I would like to, because like I said, I, I, you know, I look after my mom, so I'm usually uh, with her. But when I can, and he he uh, invites me, we will. Because Matt, <laughs> Matt Matt will definitely uh, invite me to a bunch of things, and he, he's like, "No, you have to come. You must come. Please come. You got to show up. You got to be here." So Matt's a very loving guy. You know, he's very tough and all that, but he's a very, very for real, like loving human being. He really, truly is. And yeah, man, he's always trying to have me around him that's his goal he's never leave me dave that's what he'll say never leave me man never leave me dog don't don't ever walk away from you i'm like yeah well you know eat a burger eat a veggie burger then we'll see what happens <laughs> but <laughs> but yes to answer your yeah we we've definitely hung out um before outside of this i would go to his house and watch the game i made him watch wrestling um we we it's now a tradition that every uh royal rumble we, i go to matt's house to watch it with john that's that's our tradition now. Like we go over there and watch that, and listen to him tell me how stupid this is, and then and then listen to him enjoy it <laughs> at the same time. So, yeah, we I definitely uh we hang out, been to his place. Um, yeah, he's a good dude. He definitely done him and John. We we definitely hung out plenty of times outside of uh what we do. You said he were concerned about his eating head. And it's think speaking of things that are concerning. How concerning is the news or lack of news about Lonzo Ball? Oh man, it's it's concerning. I was concerned uh, probably around summer league. I got really really concerned because I again I hadn't heard anything, and I thought we would hear something. And then when you heard AK talk about it and the way he was speaking about it, I was like, oh no, this ain't good. You know, this is a problem right here, and it's it's bordering is going towards worst case scenario because it went from six to eight weeks to like six to eight months, you know? So it's bordering on worst case scenario. I know he'll be back. 
I know he'll return. I get all that. It's just that, you know, you want him because you know what this team looks like with him. And, you know, you know how that engine goes when he's on the court, you know, and what he kind of covers up both offensively and defensively uh, for the Bulls, even front court and back court. Because defensively, he helps out, you know, with uh, coming up, coming over with those block shots, you know, when those guys aren't looking. Lonzo will do that. Coming in with the rebounding, usually the fact that he's 6'6", getting that rebounding and starting to break immediately. The amount of easy buckets the Bulls got to start that season was crazy. And that plays a role, you know, that helps you uh, going forward. They became a real uh, transition team, you know, because of him and how good he was at that. And shooting 42% from three. You know, he's your best three-point shooter. So you know how important this man is to your team. And when you don't have him there, you saw what it looked like when you didn't have him there. And it was like, oh, this is a whole different kind of squad right here because you can't just lean on him. There were certain plays that couldn't happen anymore. You know, certain passes that couldn't go down that only he could make. Certain things he would see on both ends that only he could do that we couldn't do without him. So, yeah, coming into offseason, you just hope for the best, best and wanting him to get better. But the most I know of bone bruise lasting is like two years. I don't think it's going to last two. At the most, I believe it's going to last a year, uh, which means he'll be back, you know, during the season. But it is definitely concerning, concerning Derek, man. Like, it's, you want him there, you know, because you, you know what this team has to have, especially with how good the East is, you know, as well now. Like, they are deep, deep, deep now. It's, the deepest I've seen in quite a long time, you know, and we want the Bulls to be able to, you know, go against these teams, you know, and, and have their best players, you know, when we're going up against these guys and not have the excuses, you know, instead of, oh, well, we ain't had this. Oh, well, COVID hit us here. Oh, well, he was injured there. I, you know, you want to remove all that stuff and just play and let it lay down after that, you know what I mean, and see what we got. And not having him there is, is just, it's very, very concerning. It, But I take solace in the fact that this time they're, they're a little more prepared for it uh, than they were, you know, when he went down the first time, because they clearly didn't know, you know, how long he was going to be gone. But I think there's an idea now. And that shows you why they got uh, Dragic, you know, that shows you in uh, Ayo Desumu's ascension and what he's working on in the offseason. Uh, Kobe White also has been like the forgotten man of this whole thing. And of course, Alice Caruso. So you have depth at that position. And everybody does something really well, you know, with their skill set. They're not Lonzo, but everybody does something really well. And that's why I think they're better prepared for it. It's still going to hurt, you know, him not being there. You're not going to get certain things, as you all probably know. And But, yeah, I think they're better prepared for it. And I, I kind of take solace in that. Dave, um, I wanted to um, – I was going to ask you a, a question that was similar to that because I actually – I find myself agreeing with those points that you made, but I always like have to look at the other side of the coin sure. and, and looking at Lonzo's health, it made me wonder, is it a possibility that I don't want to say his importance because his importance is valuable to the team, but is it possible that we could possibly be overstating just a little bit how important Alonzo is to the team and I don't say that to take away anything that he does because I have a lot of respect for what he provides defensively and his three-point shooting and the ability to just kind of stretch the defense but I'm looking at a player 
who has missed a good amount of time in his career. So it was always going to be that possibility that he was going to be injured at some point throughout his Bulls career. But I'm also looking at the, the point of when you're looking at that Bulls team, we already started off kind of in the hole because we had Javante playing the power forward position. Yeah. And so with Ball's injury, it's not like it was just him that got injured. Caruso went down. And then we saw Zach who was dealing with that nagging injury with his wrist. And I think he also had some knee issues too, that he was dealing with. Mm -hmm. So is it possible that we might be putting more importance into Lonzo's health issues, as opposed to looking at the fact that the bulls had all of these other situations that they were also dealing with that kind of coupled together that really led to them kind of being fragmented throughout the season. Like, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Sure, sure. No, no, it's a great point. And it's definitely possible. The, the issue with it is saying what we feel about Lonzo is actually tangible because we saw it not work without him. And it's I don't think it's an overstatement because, again, you saw it, <laughs> what it looked like without him and how that team kind of couldn't go and couldn't do certain things. And you're right. Caruso wasn't there because of injuries that were dealing with COVID. You know, a lot of players weren't able to be there on that floor. But in those games when everybody was kind of back towards the end of the season, they, they were getting stomped out, you know, and a lot of some of that, I'm not going to say all of that, but some of that was because of what was going on in the backcourt. Caruso would get in foul trouble, you know, because he plays very aggressive, you know, say on the defensive end. Io, for how awesome he was, was still a rookie. You know, so he still was in a learning curve, you know, trying to figure out what he can and can't do on the floor. You don't ask Kobe White, you know, to be your defensive stopper. He got better defensively for sure, but you don't ask him to be your defensive stopper. With Lonzo, he would do these little tiny things, you know, to alleviate certain ills of the Bulls, you know, and certain pressures that they couldn't do. Like, okay, when Caruso got had that play where he stole the ball and Lonzo took it, and he threw a, like a Tom Brady-esque pass down the court to Zach Levine, like on the money for a 360. Nobody on the team can do that. You know, only Lonzo could really do that. You know, when he would get so many easy buckets and throw alley-oops from like half court, we don't have that kind of guy, you know, who can do that. That's really only Lonzo. And the Bulls need that with the kind of athletes they have because of Derrick Jones Jr., who's a guy that can go up and get it. You know, Zach Levine, we know he can go up and get it. Uh, Io has shown he's a guy who can go up and get it. So they like to run. Javante Green, as you mentioned, another guy who go up and get it. They like to run. And that's what Lonzo kind of thrives at is, is running. I would say, I, but I agree with you with, when you say it, it's a possibility, but it's the fact that also they weren't prepared, like I said last time, for it. You know, we'll see what it is this season because they're prepared for it. And if they come out and they play better uh, because, because of that, then yeah, you're, you're dead on with that. And I'm hoping that's the case, but I can only lean on what we kind of saw. And you're right, Lonzo never played, what, 65 games in his career. You know, he's always kind of hurt. But the difference with this injury is we thought it was he was coming back. You know, they thought we were about to get him back. Those other injuries, when he went down, okay, he was down. You know, he, he was out. And when they said he'd be back in three months, well, then he was back in three months. This one, it was, it was weird because you just couldn't pinpoint it and figure out when he'd be back. And honestly, we still don't know 
when he's going to be back. And you can't put your finger on those kind of things. So that's the only difference I see in that. But no, what you're saying definitely has, <clears throat> excuse me, what you're saying definitely has serious merit to it. And I hope it's correct when the season starts and the Bulls prove all that wrong and they come out prepared for life without Lonzo. So best case scenario, who, who do you see as like the best option for them to uh, play at that starting um, point guard position? Because I'm looking at, uh, like you were mentioning with, with Io, you know, I think he played like, what was it? Uh, third or fourth most, most minutes on the team, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Right. Um, so he, he was kind of thrown in the fire and we didn't really know what to expect from him. And I think in many ways he kind of exceeded what those expectations were. Well, I don't think so. I, it's like pretty obvious to everybody. Nobody really saw what he became coming to fruition, but who is your, um, who's, who, who should be starting in that position? Not that you were the head coach, but just, <laughs> you know, no, I got you. I got you. Um, I think Alex Caruso is, is the one who's, who should be starting. Uh, I don't mind if Io is the one they end up saying is the one who starts because honestly, Io is the future and it's about his ascension, you know what I'm saying, going forward now because we know how good he is. Now it's just about his ascension, you know what I'm saying, his continuing to grow and get better because now the spot is, you know, for him in the future. That's what it is. So if he's starting, then he's better, he's further along than what. I think I'm not going to say what everybody thinks because I can't speak for everyone, but he's further along. than I think if the bulls are like, you're the starting point guard for the bulls, he's way further along than, than I expected. He looks great. You know, I've watched, you know, I'm sure you all have watched him uh, Cause you all put out the videos too. I'm seeing y'all Y'all put out the videos all the time, man. And I O, you know, he's been working and he looks great and hearing him when he did his interview on Waddle and Sylvie, just him talking about, you know, how much work he's putting in and getting ready for the season and preparing for the grind of it. You know that he wants to be ready, but Alex Caruso is the one that's been proven. He was the starting point guard for you in the playoffs. So I, I don't want to, you know, move from that too much. You know, when you're going into the season, I'm comfortable with starting the veteran there when you've seen him do that and you had success because the Bulls actually pulled off a game against Milwaukee, you know, with Alex Caruso at your starting point guard. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's Alex when, when they get to the season, he's going to be your starter. I think you'll see IO uh, kind of back that up. And then I think you'll see Dragic uh, get those minutes too, because he was brought in here to be a point guard, you know, that guy who can facilitate, you know, and get things going. Cause the Bulls had those issues. Again, when Lonzo was going is who's, who's setting up the offense, you know, who's, who's telling everybody where to be, you know, and where they need to be standing and, Who's removing thinking? Because I always say great point guards remove thinking. And who's doing that? You know what I'm saying? For the Bulls. And that's kind of why they brought Dragas in here. So you'll see him get those minutes. But yeah, to answer your question, though, I, I, I think it's Alex Caruso who will be starting. Those guys do provide a different element going into the game because I think with players like Caruso and with Io, their game um, allows them to kind of dictate getting into the paint and like creating you know, some havoc in that aspect, as opposed to with Lonzo, he was, you know, at his best leading the fast break or just initiating that offense. Yeah. But um, when we look at, cause I, I just like kind of switching it up a little bit, sure. a, a lot of people believe that the Bulls like future success really depends on P will taking that next step. Um, so what to you 
would what a good Patrick Williams season look like? Mm. What would a good <clears throat> Patrick Williams season look like? A good Patrick Williams season would look like a Luol Dang season. That's a good Patrick Williams season. You give me 17 points, you give me about seven, eight rebounds. Uh, you hit those three-pointers when I need you to. And you you play really solid defense. That's that's the season I, I want from Patrick Williams. That's where I have him at. Is Because it's hard for me to expect more from him because he's going to be like the fourth or fifth option out there. You know, They're not going to be looking to him like that. I think you're going to more so see him doing what he does with the second unit. I think he is more comfortable having the ball in his hands and, you know, kind of initiating the offense. I think that's where he finds comfort. And, you know, not, not so much the guy who's, who's setting it up and calling the plays, but just the guy bringing up the floor and initiating it. I think he, he's a guy who has to be involved, you know, to get his rhythm going that kind of way. If you notice, you saw that in Minnesota when he dropped that 35. The ball was in his hands a lot. And he was the one, you know, starting everything and, you know, getting the ball, bringing it up, giving it to IO, and then let's run the play. He has to be involved. So a good season for him, for me, is that. I, I definitely, I'm like a lot of Bulls fans, have, have high hopes for him. Um, I think he's incredibly skilled. Like, he's the guy, when you walk on the floor, you look at him and you're like, you're guarding the best player. Just looks alone. You're like, you're guarding the best player. Just by the way, how tall you are, your build, your size. All of that. You're guarding LeBron. You're guarding Kawhi. You're guarding Kevin Durant. Period. Just looking at him. So the he has to accept that. Because <laughs> I think all the all the criticisms of Patrick Williams, honestly, have never really been about his game. They've always been about his mental. Mm. Like, okay, uh, we need you to believe that you're that guy. You know, we need you to accept, you know, that you can shoot that ball. You know, we don't need you to be hesitant when you're shooting the three, we need you to put the ball on the floor. Those are all mental moves. None of that is physical. You know, none of that is mechanics. That is just all in his head. So he's got to let the mental catch up because basketball like life is, is 90% mental, 10% physical. So once he masters that mental of it, he's the sky's the limit for this guy. But this season though, like, yeah, you give me that 17 and eight, you know, and that good defense and that good three-point shooting because he can definitely shoot the three. And he's going to be wide open because DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine are going to be drawing those double teams. He's going to be open. So as long as he hits those threes at a very high clip and he gets those rebounds and he uses that freakish athletic ability, yeah, that he should have a solid season. Yeah, that's funny because a lot of Bulls fans have said that with Patrick's uh, mentality, they wish – he had the mindset of Dalen Terry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yo, the, like when I was in summer league, um, that's a flex, by the way. I was at summer league in Vegas. That was cool. Um, I had never been to Vegas. My first time. It was cool. Um, when he was at summer league, I saw exactly why they drafted him. And it has, for me, it had nothing to do with what was going on on the court. It had everything to do with what was going on up here. And it had everything to do with him just yelling, you know what I'm saying, and being vocal, you know, and, and being positive and cheering his guys on, but also holding them accountable. When they were playing the Knicks in that summer league and the Knicks were kicking the crap out of them, Dalen Terry, I'm, he stopped and he looked at his bench and he started yelling at everybody on the bench. Why ain't nobody talking? 
Why ain't nobody saying nothing? They saying something. Why y'all acting like we can talk too? Everybody can talk. Why can't y'all talk? Come on, y'all. We can do it. Like bulls don't have that. You know, everybody is chill, which is great. Everybody's a chill person. Damar, you know, Zach, Kobe, Patrick, for goodness sake, everybody is super chill. They don't have that fire. You know, they need that kind of guy to have that and to have a skill set that they can get behind it with also. You know what I mean? So when I saw that that's what he was, I was like, oh, this he was drafted to, for Patrick Williams alone. <laughs> you know, he, he was drafted to, to hold him accountable, to be on him in practice, you know, to put, put some fire underneath him. You know what I mean? Like, that's exactly why he is here, to be an agitator in a good way, to be an agitator, you know what I'm saying, to a lot of those guys. Because some people need that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's not a self-starter. You know what I mean? Some people need a kick in the pants every once in a while. I can speak for myself. I definitely need those kind of things sometimes. Somebody to kick me in the ass. Like, oh, man, oh, oh, let's get to it. All right, let's get to it. We got to do it. All right, fine. Everybody needs that. And the Bulls now have that person in Dalen Terry. And I'm, and I'm excited for it, man, because he, he wants to be here. Like, he's super intelligent, man. Like, he knows his basketball, man. And he's a worker, you know, like this dude is always working, always grinding, trying to get better and better and better. And yeah, I can't wait to see his impact because I think his impact is going to start on the bench and then be on the floor. And what I mean is like in the huddles, you know what I'm saying? Yelling at everybody, you know, let's go, let's do this. You know, they need that kind of stuff, man. Like it's, it's important, you know, to a team, to a team's identity. Like you can't name me no great team without no kind of goon. Like you just got to have it. It's, it's a necessary thing for the Bulls. So they got their goon in, in Dale and Terry, man. He's going to get some texts. He's going to, the fans going to love him for real, man. And yeah, I, I'm excited to see him and what kind of fire that he likes uh, under this team and especially under uh, Patrick Williams. Yeah, because I think uh, Pete Will was working out with the summer league team during practices, and they were saying that yes. Dana was trash talking them and, and they yep. was going back and forth. So, <laughs> yep, yep, that's so, a fact. <laughs> so you it. think like before he's part of like a rotational like Billy saying go out there and play he's just going to be on that bench like come on guys talk talk they talking yeah. why you not yeah. saying nothing Patrick like <laughs> yeah exactly you know what I mean like the first one off the bench when Patrick Williams hits that three to make it a 6-0 run that first one off the bench it hit him in the chest like yeah let's go you know what I mean and, I, and this stuff might sound me headed a cliche but it's a thing it's an important thing. You can't name me great teams without this stuff. Is why I keep telling people. Like, the skill, of course, you need that to be successful and win. But you need that motivation, man. That's important. And Patrick Williams has shown you he needs that stuff. You know what I mean? He's got to have it. So, yeah, I and Io is another one. Super cool, super chill. You know what I mean? Laid back. You know what I mean? All of that kind of stuff, man. No, we need somebody who's going to yell at the crowd, bro. They they need that. You know what I mean? Somebody interact with the fans, give back the energy that they're giving, you know, to give that back out to them. And he's definitely that kind of guy. So, yeah, yeah, D, like, he, he's definitely going to be doing that, you know, uh, the cheering, the yelling, and all that other stuff, the rah-rah, you know, kind of thing with Dale and Terry. But he can hoop, too. And that's the good part about it. That dude that dude can play, and he's, and he's going to get better. So I, I'm excited to see him. I really am. What do you think about the Andre Drummond pickup? Oh, man. Oh, man. So, look. <laughs> when they first got it, I, I wasn't with it at all. Um, I, I've never, I was never an Andre Drummond fan. And, and 
because I've watched him a lot in Detroit. And all I remember, and I know he would get, you know, the points and all that and the rebound and that, but all I remember is like boneheaded stuff that he would do on the floor that would just drive me crazy. And I, it was funny is the first thing that's popping in my mind is when I was watching a game and they showed a replay of him getting fouled and it was basically him flopping. And I remember taking a picture of that on my television. I saved it on my phone, <laughs> just of him flopping, you know, oh, you know, like nobody even touched this dude. You know what I mean? I'm like, bro, what is this? It, it got on my nerves so bad. And I'm like, bro, I, I, I don't care about your album. You know, I don't care about none of this other stuff, man. Like it, it he, he didn't seem like he was concerned with winning. Like I didn't feel that from Andre Drummond. It changed for sure last year. I'm, I give that to him. When he was in New Jersey, I'm sorry, when he was in Brooklyn, he was a different kind of guy. He seemed a little more focused. I didn't hear all, the, all that kind of stuff coming out of there. Remember he used to go back and forth with Joel and B? Remember that? You know what I mean? Like all that kind of stuff. You know, you, you didn't see that anymore from him last year. And I what tripped me out is I found out he was 28 years old. I, that bugged me out. I thought he was much older than that. <laughs> he 20, yeah. No, this dude was a grown man. Yeah, like yeah. a super grown man, I should say. Um, but he was he's 28. And but it's the fact that he's it feels like he's getting his mental together, you know. And that's when I kind of got on board with it. And then I started remembering the Bulls being 29th in rebounding, <laughs> you know, and Andre Drummond. And I rem people really wanted Isaiah Hartenstein, who's really good. He's definitely good. But when it came to rebounding, like Andre Drummond had more 20 rebound games than Hartenstein, Hartenstein had double digit rebound games. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's ridiculous. So this dude is going to grab some rebounds. And that honestly, as Tony Gill said to me, they, that can also be a defensive stop because you can't score without the ball. So if he's getting the ball and getting the rebound, that's a stop. That's, that's what that's considered as. Because he's not a great defender by any stretch of you know, imagination, but he will block shots because he's, he's been there uh, in his career, you know what I'm saying, near the top of the league in block shots. And he's always near the top of the league in rebounding. He, he will go down as one of the greatest rebounders ever in NBA history. Look at the numbers, you know, it backs that up. But for me, yeah, it was just that boneheadedness that I was seeing, um, the lack of wanting to win. I, I didn't get from him, but it changed on me last year when I saw it. And so then I got on board with it because I'm like, okay, well, he'll be coming off the bench and, and giving us exactly something that the Bulls need because they still didn't answer the interior defense uh, question. That's still a lingering thing, but they definitely answered the rebounding question. And Andre Drummond will, will definitely supply that. And he's motivated. Because this is last year to get that big old money. Yeah, you know what I mean? This is last year to get that big money. You know what I mean? That's why he got the deal he has. So he's playing for a lot more than just, you know, victories. He's playing for, you know, that fat contract after this season as well. So, yeah, I'm on board with it now. But I definitely wasn't in the beginning. You know, Derek and I, we've had this debate before, like several times of bigs that I've mentioned in the past and Derek has like quickly shot down <laughs> Drummond in the past. But I always, <laughs> when I looked at Drummond, um, cause I had those same concerns that you did too. Yeah. But when I looked at Drummond, I always thought of Drummond as like, like a kid who wasn't like prepared for the moment. Like, you know how you have like a kid who's like, they do really well with you at home, but then you take them out to like 
you know, go to like Chuck E. Cheese for the first mm-hmm. time and they like just totally lose their mind. And you're like, what in the world happened? And then you, you reflect and you're like, wait a minute, did I actually prepare him for mm. what was gonna happen at Chuck E. Cheese? Now, I'm not trying to say that Andre Drummond is a child. Right, right, right. <laughs> right, means. Yeah, right, right. But what I am saying is like, you look at the coaching staff that he has played under. You look at the point guards or lack of point guards that he has played under. Like, True. you know, somebody who has that skill set that has put up those numbers that hasn't played next to a competent point guard or anybody, really, when you look at anybody who he's been teammates with, I just look at somebody who, you know, wasn't necessarily prepared for what he needed to do in order to affect the game in a winning way. Mm. And not that he was not not capable of, of you know, producing at a high level because he, he has produced some things at a high level, as you mentioned with his rebounding games. Mm. And also um, his steal rate is actually pretty high too. That's true. Um, and I That's think true. from a defensive standpoint, that can have an impact on the Bulls as well. But yeah, I, I thought that same thought and that's that's the image that came up into my mind of like, you know, just taking kids and doing those kind of things. But now you see you saw last year with the fact that when he was on a coaching staff, albeit, you know, that had its own troubles too, uh, with true. with the situation that they were going in, but just playing on a more competent team, you saw that he was actually able to produce and I think he can have that same kind of impact on this team as well. That's very very true and also <laughs> bringing in uh, the point guard that he played a few games with also last year in uh, Gorgon Dragic, who was on the same team with him, you know, with the Nets. And if you look at a lot of his highlights, a lot of them were with Gorgon Dragic because they were both coming in off the bench, you know, so he knew where he needed to be and how to feed him. So, no, that's a great point about not having that point guard. And, but it also speaks to how talented he is, you know, to do what he did without having that, you know, without having that point guard. This dude was still, you know, that guy, you know what I'm saying? When it came to those rebounds, when it came to those points, um, when it came to those block shots, you know, and that was the issue that it would, he would put up, have that skill set to where you think you can build your team around him, you know? So he was showing that to them in Detroit, who was starving for somebody to be great and somebody to be good. And so like, oh man, you, you're that good. You can get 30 points and 20 rebounds in a game. Really? We're building everything around you. And he's like, dude, I'm going to the club. Like, what are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all bugging out. You know, he wasn't He wasn't there. You know, he was not focused, I don't think, on the game totally. It was like basketball was his third favorite thing. You know, like, it wasn't his thing then. But it felt different last year. He looked slimmer. He looked a little more focused. And he looked like, you know, oh, snap, I might not get no more money. <laughs> you know, if I don't, if I don't change some things around. Mess with somebody's pockets, it'll change some things, bro. Like, so yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see it because he's got stuff to prove. Like a lot of people on this team, you know, coming in this year, they they got a lot of things to prove, and he's definitely one of them. Yeah, when I was shooting Justin down about Drummond, it was the Detroit Drummond. <laughs> he's giving me all these stats. I'm like, Drummond, they have nobody else. <laughs> He would be taking like he would be taking three pointers, you know, for no reason, <laughs> just throwing it off the side of the backboard, you know. Oh my gosh, man, it it drove me insane. It drove me insane. It did, and I didn't want that. I didn't want that. But again, it took last year for me to 
see that, you know, you can change, you know what I mean? You can change your mental and you can get more focused in the game. And, and it feels like that's what he did. Now, that being said, Dre, if you are listening, we would love to have you on the show. Please, oh, yeah. please <laughs> come on the show. Hey, come call me an idiot and tell me I'm wrong, bro. I'm with it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm with all that, man. You know what I'm saying? But this dude was an all-star. Like, he was an all-NBA player. You know what I mean? Like, he's good. You know what I mean? Like, he's good at that. So, yeah, I'm excited. And, and his role is, we know it will be a little more diminished, you know, this season because it will be about Vooch. So, yeah, I think a, a lesser role in all those things. And, yeah, he, he could definitely help this team. I'll say it like that. He'll, he can definitely help the Chicago Bulls. I agree. Just, just going back just a little bit, you mentioned um, something that Terry had, with like just that, that energy and everything. And I think um, one of the things that I would say about him is that he has an edge to him. Yeah. Um, and that, that's an element that had been, as you mentioned, was missing from this Bulls team for a while. Um, but looking at the way this roster is um, put together, do you think that this roster is a roster that is capable, as it presently is, of playing in a championship? I'm not saying winning it. I'm saying, like, right. just playing in the championship. No, not yet. Um, they're, not, they're not at that level yet. Uh, they, got, they definitely have more work to do. Some of that is because of time. Uh, guys, you know, still figuring out exactly who they are. You know, Iowa is still figuring it out. Patrick Williams is figuring it out. We still, we, nobody knows what Patrick Williams is yet. We know what we want him to be, but we don't know who he is yet. We're still figuring that out. Dale and Terry, as you just mentioned, uh, we're figuring that out. Uh, and that's, again, why continuity has been preached so much, you know, by the front office is continuity. Because honestly, the last time the Bulls had continuity, guys, was, was like when Paul Gasol was here. That was like the last time they had like true continuity. Like we're coming back next year and we know who's here and we know who can do what, you know, it was like that last time after that, you know, it was a free for all, you know, of just, you know, trash after trash player coming in here doing silly things. Um, but yeah, like as currently constructed, no, they, they're not ready for that. They're not ready for that title because I think your uh, standard, you know, who you're going up against right now is golden state. And that's who you want to test yourself against. And every time they go up against Golden State, it's ugly. You know what I mean? It's, it's ugly. Now, I'm not saying I want them to beat them, even though I would. Of course, you want them to win. But I want to see a game. You know what I mean? Like, I need to see it to be close. And they haven't done that yet. You know, Steph goes out there, and, and he's just putting stuff together for his documentary when he's playing the Bulls. You know, like, hey, you remember this game where I shot the ball and I flipped some flapjacks and high five to people? <laughs> And that joint went in? Yeah, I did that. Like, yeah. so that, you know what I mean? Like, and Clay Thompson with the Jackie Moon game, you know what I mean? Like, they're, <laughs> they're doing those kind of things, you know, when he's bleeding from the head and breaking three-point records. He did a wild, Buffalo Wild Wings commercial about it, for God's sakes. So, it's yeah, they're not on that level yet of championship. Uh, they're playoff level right now, which is great, which is the level I'm cool with them being at because you got to start there. You know what I mean? Like, you can't cheat steps in a process, man. Like, everybody has tried. You, I've watched the Nets try it for years to cheat steps in a process, and they just can't do it. Like, even when they tried to bring Kevin Garnett in there, you know, and they tried to do that. Even when they, Paul, uh, Paul uh, Pierce and all those guys, they tried it there. You can't cheat these steps, man. Like, you got to build. 
You know what I'm saying? Like you can get a free agent and then that can elevate you like that, but you got to build your core. Like you got to have that identity. The Bulls still shaping that identity, you know, and they're still shaping that core right now. So no, they're not ready for that title yet, but it's just because this is the process. It's not because they're like trash or bad or, you know, like, oh my God, nothing like that. But it's just the process of it right now. And yeah, I'm comfortable where they are right now, honestly. What are your thoughts on Kobe? I mean, Kobe. what happened in last season, I think he started with the first like 14 games or something, 14, 16 games in like double digits. And then he just yeah. kind of fell off after all-star break. What do you think is up with that? And do you think we're going to keep him this season? What do you, what do you think? Oh man. You know, it's funny you say that because it's, it's nobody I've thought more about this offseason than him. And I've, nobody I've heard talk about less <laughs> this offseason <laughs> than, than Kobe White. No, everybody kind of forgets about uh, Kobe White. Uh, this season is set up for him to do what he does best. And what I mean by that is they're not asking – before the Bulls were trying to figure out exactly who he was, right? So when they kept him, they were like, okay, we're going to put you at the point guard position – Let's see what you could do there. We come to find out he's, he's not a great point guard. He's not the facilitator, not the ball handler. That's not his thing. And then they found out, okay, he wasn't the greatest defender or anything like that. He's, that's not his thing. Even though I am con- constantly on record talking about how much better this dude's defense has gotten. And it has. It has gotten so much better. And I don't think he gets enough credit for that. And I take a lot of shit for that. But, but it's the truth. Like, his defense – has gotten better. I'm not saying he's world beating out there, anything like that, but his defense got better. He worked on it and he's gotten better at that. His issue here is consistency. Cause as you mentioned, Melissa, like those 14, 16 games where he just went insane. Like I remember those last two games, one was he had 28, then the next one he had 30. Yep. You know what I mean? Like he went crazy and then the all-star break happened. And then, you know, <laughs> I was like, yo, he's <laughs> what <when> you wrote. <laughs> it's like, yo, he got stuck in the food truck eating or something, man. He forgot the yeah. game was going on. I don't know what happened, but he wasn't the only one because a lot of the Bulls uh, did that. But you highlight him more because it's been like that since he's been here, the inconsistency. You know what I'm saying? That's just what it has been. That's just being honest uh, about it. But I think he's set up to do what he does best this year. They're not asking him for to facilitate anymore. You've, you've got the guards in here that can do that. You're not being asked to run the team anymore. You got people in here to do that. You're not being asked to defend that hard anymore. They got those guys to do that. All they're asking him to do is be consistent in his shot. There, right there, that form right there. <laughs> you try cash. That's all we need from you is cash. Can you give me 37, 38% from the three-point line? You know, can you create your own shot? Which is something he's been working on this offseason. If you watch him, like he's working on his handles a lot because he's trying to cre- learn how to create his own shot. And once he gets that, instead of just being that catch and shoot guy, you know what I mean? Once you get that from him and he can start creating his own shot, he can write his ticket. Honestly, he, he can really start writing his own ticket. And I think I always looked at him as a six man, like a guy who that's his ceiling as being that six man. And I mean that in such a respectful way, because I'm thinking of like Jamal Crawford, you know what I'm saying? And those kind of guys um, and Jordan Clarkson, you know, those kind of guys who, who are in uh, my man, uh, Lemon Pepper Lou, you know, shout out Lou Williams. Like, you're thinking of those guys, you know, when I'm thinking of guys who create their own shot and are consistent, you know, in that jumper. And Jamal Crawford wasn't always consistent when he first started. I remember it. You all, he was here. 
he would have games, he would drop 51, and then he would disappear. You know, you wouldn't hear from him anymore. They had to figure out he was more, more comfortable coming off the bench. Like, so he just had to figure, he's figuring out his role. And I think this is his role. You know what I mean? And he's not going to be asked to do more than put the ball into the bucket. The defense is a plus. I promise you. It's just, it's just extra and it's a plus. The fact he can bring the ball up and start the offense is a plus. You know, those are the things that you need, but you're not dependent on him doing those things. He's just dependent on him putting the ball into the bucket. That's the thing. And I think this is the year for him to do that because they've removed everything else and gotten the other people for those other things they thought they wanted from him. And they're like, no, dude, we just need you to be consistent in scoring the ball. They do that. And I'm telling you, he can write his ticket in this league, do that. Yeah, consistency and continuity um, has been a big issue throughout his career. Uh, part of that being, you know, dealing with the pandemic, the other part of it being with his uh, injuries, and not really, like you mentioned with him being able to become a better defender. I think part of the issues that he had was just like not being able to consistently also build on your body and get your body used to like being able to absorb contact um, from, from other from other players as they're trying to get their shot off. Yeah. Um, but that being said, with the, the issues that the Bulls have going forward, I think that one of the things that has affected Kobe is the fact that the expectations for this team has changed uh, tremendously going back from when we thought that Lori and Wendell were supposed to be cornerstones of this team as opposed to where we are now. Um, and looking at that transition, do you think, and I, this might be a little bit off topic, but do you think that with that transition and with watching the expectations grow, we're looking at now um, Billy, who's in like, what is this, year three of a four-year contract? Yeah. Um, is he, do you feel like he is that person who is going to help the Bulls take that next step that they need to take? Um, like, is, is that something that you feel that, management is focused on with that continuity or are they also looking at possible other names that might be able to help this this team really take off honestly i think both of those points are correct um i think that definitely uh want to have him be that part of the team as i mentioned that microwave score that they need and alleviate some of that pressure from the second unit especially um, I think that's very important. If, if him, you know, hitting those threes is, is going to be so important uh, for him to do that. And that's going to help your team for a team that doesn't have a lot of three-point shooting, you know what I mean? Or consistent three-point shooting, I should say. They don't, they don't have a ton of it. Uh, we don't know if Patrick is that guy. We've seen him, you know, scored at a high clip, but he's been injured, you know what I'm saying, a lot. So we don't know if it's consistent yet. But Kobe, we know he can shoot. You know, we know that for a fact. That's what he does. So... Yeah, they, they're dependent on that. But at the same time, you're also kind of showcasing him, you know, around the league, just in case. Like, okay, we need some help at this area tonight. You know what I mean? Like this, we need this right now. And we still got this bargaining chip, you know what I mean, right here in, in, in Kobe White, where we could actually make that move maybe at some time during the season to help us, you know what I'm saying, get that player to fill that one key need that, you know, we really have to push us forward even more. I'm not saying that Kobe uh, won't be that key need. I hope he is, you know what I'm saying? I'd like him to stay here, uh, but 
yeah, I think you have to do your due diligence when you're trying to improve your team. You know, you've got to look at everything out there. And if Kobe is that guy and he's the one that's showcasing and he's playing, you know, good and a team makes an offer for you that you just like, I can't refuse it. Then that's just what it is. But if Kobe is also that guy who is helping the team and just making himself invaluable, you know what I'm saying, to the squad, then that's also a plus for you as well, you know? So it could be both of those things uh, at the same time. And I think good organizations are always looking at, you know, both sides of, of that with multiple players on that team. And, and Kobe is just the guy in this situation. Is Billy the, the, the in this coaching staff, do you feel like they're part of that equation of moving this team forward where they, where they need to be or where yeah. they need to get to? Yeah. Yeah, they are. And I say that because he and AK are so tied at the hip that it's it's going to be that way. And I mean, you remember like when Billy Donovan, Billy Donovan was going to retire, like when he left OKC, he went home and said, dude, I'm going, I'm good. I'm going to Florida. And AK drove down there like, like, like dude, nope, we need to talk. Let me holler at you, bro. What you talking about? You retiring. Get up out of here with that. Treat him like he was Jay-Z. Like, no, Black Album ain't going to be your last one. No, what you talking about? <laughs> he got more stuff to do. You know what I mean? And talked him out of actual retirement to bring him back. So you're not going to talk somebody out of retirement and then after three, four years be like, all right, we're cool. Like, I don't see it like that. And somebody who you're like, we're on one accord, you know, with it. Whenever you see them, whenever you see one, you see them all. And by all, I mean those three. I'm talking about Mark Eversley, AK, and Billy Donovan. Whatever you see one, you're going to see them all, man. That's just how it is. In Summer League, it was definitely like that. Whenever I saw AK, I saw Mark, and I definitely saw Billy. Like, that's what that is. They make those decisions together. And Billy talked about that. That was one of the keys of him coming out of retirement. He's like, how AK kind of sold him was, dude, like, we're going to make these decisions as a unit. You know, like, who we're going to get? You know what I'm saying? What's going on on the floor? What's the pulse of the team? You know, who's this and who's that? Not many coaches have that, you know, and, and have that leeway with your front office where you can just go straight to them and be like, I want this guy. Let's get him. You know, he's working. Like, bring him in here right now. And it, it's just not a thing like that for, for a lot of coaches. So, yeah, to promise Billy something like that and bring him out of retirement just lets me know that they're tied at the hip and he is definitely a part of this, which I have no problem with because Billy Donovan can coach. And we're going to be breaking that down a lot on the show, uh, the Bulls playbook uh, in the next few weeks. We're going to be breaking stuff down like that. But yeah, he's, he's definitely, he, he and his coaching staff are a huge part of this and players love Billy Donovan. He is definitely a player coach. They love that dude, man. I got to see it in action when I saw it in summer league. He it's it's for real. And I'm thought he it wasn't even talking to his players. I'm just talking about just other players, you know, just there and just the rapport he had with them, you know, just the talks and the conversations he had with them. They all had love for this man. You know, it wasn't phony or fake or anything like that. You know, it was just, it was really for real. And you could really see it, you know. And I think that's a great thing to have, especially when you're trying to make this place also a free agent destination knowing that you have a coach, you know what I'm saying, that that players love, you know what I mean, and is also trying to put you in the right position for you to succeed, you know. Yeah, Billy, he's definitely tied to this, and I think he and his coaching staff are a huge piece of this. Yeah. Thank you for that, because we don't get a chance to, like, really, you know, we're not as 
close to the action as as you all are. So, you know, we don't get a, a chance to see those little inner workings of the organization like that. So thank you. Oh, no problem. Man. I, just, I just, that's just me looking at everybody. That's all. <laughs> like when I'm around people, that's just me studying. That's all. Just looking and, and taking little tiny things in, you know. But yeah, I, I saw it though. Like he, he definitely has that thing about himself. Mark Evesley is like that too. Like that was my first time meeting him in summer league and couldn't have been nicer. You know, and you, I'm sure you all have met him too. And he, he just couldn't have been a nicer person. You know what I'm saying? Like very personable, easy to speak to, easy to talk to, get to know. This is all we've heard about uh, AK as well. I haven't met him, had the pleasure of meeting him yet. Uh, but these are the things that I constantly hear about that. And to be that kind of personable, but to also not let anything come out of your front off. They have no leaks, which is really, really awesome. And something that we're not used to here at all. You know, being a Bulls fan, bro. Like they had their own spies, bro. You know what I mean? Like it was crazy. But yeah, there are no leaks that come out. And Chuck Swirsky said something like that to me when we just to talk about Lonzo when y'all was when we were talking about him and his injury. When Chuck said that, he was like, you know what? Nothing has come out from the front office about that injury yet. So I can't really speak on that. I was like, you know what? That's I didn't even think of that point. You know, it didn't even cross my mind. Like, you're right, because usually. AK and Eversley, that's usually one of my mottos. If I don't hear from them, then I don't even pay any attention to it. And they haven't said a word. Like, they've hinted, you know what I'm saying, and stuff, but they haven't said anything. Nothing has come out about it. So it's like, oh, man, so should I be moving forward with this? Makes you second guess, you know, certain things like that. But, but yeah, man, they're, they're very tight-lipped, but they're, they're, they're very personable, man. And, and it's a great front office, honestly. Yeah, I mean, speaking speaking of that, uh, with Lonzo, you know, AK has said, you know, he was progressing a little slower than they would like, but he's progressing. And then they come out with this report on ESPN, like, oh, he's not going to be able to start the season. And I'm like, hold on, I just seen this man on Instagram jumping off a cliff. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean he's not going to be ready? And at that wedding, too. Right, yeah, dancing at the wedding, yes. (laughs) Yes, I saw the moves, man. Yes. I didn't think that nobody still did that move, but Lonzo was doing it. That's cool. It didn't matter. He was doing it. It was a wedding. I'm not judging him at all. He, he, was, he was great. But you're right. Like, you see him doing all that stuff, and then you hear these reports, and I'm not trying to, to, to downgrade Ramona Shelburne or, you know, Jamal Collier, who brilliant, you know what I'm saying, writers, and definitely super plugged in, and they wouldn't put this story out if they wasn't facts behind it. You know, it wouldn't be hearsay to them. Um, but yeah, it's just, I never thought of that until Chuck said that, you know, and that put like, huh, you know what? You got a point there about Lonzo. Maybe I should wait, but everything in me is telling me, nah, <laughs> like, nah, nah, man, we, we got to get ready to start without him, bro. Like, it's just what it is. You got to get ready to start without him, but, but it's okay. Like I said, they're prepared better, more, more so than they were, uh, last year when they thought he was going to come back. You know, even if they know he won't be back, they know now that he won't be. And the Bulls can uh, move forward a little bit better. So given that, you know, we, he could, he might, he might not. <laughs> what do you think, like, the record will look like for this team, seeing how the, the East got better and people are already saying that we're a playing team or we're mm-hmm. just not going to make the playoffs this year? because the East is so much better. <laughs> yeah. How do you see the Bulls, like, 
fitting into that seating? Oh, man. You know, before KD and Donovan Mitchell, I I definitely had the Bulls at a five seed for sure. I was like, they're in there for that because I have no faith in, in Toronto. I was like, why is everybody pumping them up? The Bulls beat them 3-1 last year. Like, I was like, okay, we whooped them. And I didn't have any faith at Cleveland at the time. I was like, they're still young, and the Bulls beat them 3-1. Like, why am I scared of them? You know what I'm saying? And, and the Nets, I was like, okay, but the Bulls won that series too. Like, why am I, you know, why are we sitting here fretting these guys? But it wasn't until KD and Donovan Mitchell signed. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right, hold on. We got to, we got to, me take a step back. So now I can't say with as much, you know, veracity and strength that they're going to be a top six seed. Like I can't. And I don't think I could really say that about uh, Cleveland or the Nets or Toronto or Atlanta because it's that deep. Like I'm, I'm only sure, guys, about three teams for sure. <laughs> and that's Boston and that's Milwaukee and that's Philly. Like I'm sure about them. Like, yep, them teams are in. That's what it's going to be. Everything else for real is up for grabs, you know, and we, it's just about, you know, lightning striking at the right time, you know, and guys, you know, getting together and, again, continuity <laughs> being, being a thing for this team and being a unit. So it's going to be tough, but I begged for this kind of moment for the Bulls over the past year just to be involved in something like this. Because before we weren't even involved, man. We weren't even a thought, you know, after that. We would, you know, we would just chalked up as an easy win. You know what I mean? Oh, now they got, you know, Denzel's going to throw it in the ocean. Something stupid is going to happen. Like, they're going to win. That's how teams were thinking. You know, like they weren't worried about us. Zach, yeah, he's going to ball, but, you know, them dudes ain't going to get it. You know, Cameron Payne danced on the sideline. They, they, it didn't matter. You know what I mean? But I was like, man, I felt like Meek Mill. I used to pray for nights like this. I used to want this so bad to just be involved and be in the mix. You know what I mean? Like, just be here. Like, cause I wanted to feel the UC alive again. You know, I wanted that to mean something again, even though we're competing, you know, for a lower scene, whatever, but we gotta be competing for something. We weren't competing for anything before. I just wanted to be in it and be invited to the party, you know? And we weren't getting them invitations, you know, over the past few years. And it's messed up because we know the Bulls used to be the, the, the team who, you know, didn't even need to talk to security to get in. You know, we just automatically walked in the door. You know, we walked in the party, you know, they knew us from junk. And then they were like, sorry, you ain't on the list. They were like, what? You know, like, it's crazy. So, yeah, I'm happy that we are. I have a team that I can for real legit say, yo, we can beat any of these teams. I can really say that, you know, like, yo, we, we can really truly beat any of these teams. We can stay with these in the East. I'm talking, we can stay with these teams and we, we can compete against these teams. And that's a good feeling. You know what I mean? And knowing that you, you want to go out to the UC more, you know, you, you tune in a little more for the bulls, you know, you yell a little bit more, you know, you cheer a little bit harder, you know, those things matter, you know, winning really, really matters. And we're used to doing that you know, with the Chicago Bulls. Like, losing ain't, ain't never been a good look on us. It's an ugly color on us. You know what I'm saying? And it's not a color we're used to wearing. So it's just good to be back in the mix, you know, and be back being a team that has two all-stars on their squad. You know, one of them an all-star starter and an all-NBA guy and a, and a fringe all-NBA guy and Zach Levine. And, 
just excited to see what he does and Vooch and, you know, just all these pieces where it's going to make it exciting to watch Bulls basketball again this season, man. So that's that's the exciting part for me. One of those all-stars you mentioned, they they put him on the list for what, most overrated decade. <laughs> what is that about? Bro. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> So much hate, <laughs> so much, and it's like, um, we, I don't, I wish I could understand it, because I, I don't, I don't get where it comes from. Maybe it's still leftover residue from the previous uh, front office that you know, publications and you know, big uh, sports media companies kind of feel that way about the Bulls, but it's, it's, it's not like I'm quoting wrestling now. It's a new day, <laughs> but, but. <laughs> It's, it's different now, man. And yeah, but to still see that, uh, Melissa, it, it was it was hate. Like, that's really what that is. You called, you last year, he chose, he showed you you were completely wrong. He showed you. Like, no, dude, he had the best season of his career. You know what I'm saying? Of his literal career, his best season. And now you're still like, nah, not good enough. <laughs> what? You know, like, and Honestly, I'm, I looked at it like, you know what? This is a good thing because now he's extra motivated. Yeah. You know, now he's like, oh, okay. You still don't think I'm that guy? All right. <laughs> you know, let, let's go. Let's... I that too. Like, okay, cool. Give him more fuel. Yep. Yep. And that's, and I like, and I understand that mentality. And I like that mentality. You know what I'm saying? Because when somebody tells you that kind of negative, you're like, oh, word. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> word. All right. Bet. Bet. You know what I mean? You, I bet. Let's let's roll. You know what I mean? Let's let's get into it then. Let me show you what it really is. You know, and and how this is not a game. And you saw him when he retweeted it. You know, he retweeted it like, okay, he saw it. Bet. Good. He understands it. It's there. I can't wait to start the season. So, even with the worries about Lonzo, and you know, even with the uh, worries I had about Drummond, and you know, the worry we might have about Kobe White or even Patrick Williams, even with all of that, the fact that I know that this team is good, regardless of all that, is is awesome. It just makes you excited for preseason. You know what I'm saying? Not even right. Like, I got October 4th. Like, let's go. You know what I mean? Like, I'm ready for October 4th. Like, I can't tell you the last time I've been ready for preseason Bulls basketball, bro. Like, I'm ready for it. And it's not hope. It's, it's logic. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's logical hope. You can see it. It's tangible. You can touch it. And you know that it's real. And it's been a minute since, since saying that, man. So I always try to emphasize that to Bulls fans, you know. Like, man, do, like, remember, do not forget what this team was. Do not forget what we were looking at and how sad this yeah. was. And how, oh, my goodness, your life just hurt, <laughs> you know, when you were watching this team. When you questioned putting on a Bulls hat, you know, you're like. Yeah, with your head down. Right, you know what I mean? You yeah. put it on, you're like, eh, eh. yeah. Yeah, you know, like, man, but you rep because you love the Bulls, you know? That's your squad. But I don't want people to forget that because they tend to do that, you know, mm-hmm. just forget what it really was like. And I'm like, I don't ever want to go back there. So I don't forget that stuff because I don't ever want to see that again, bro. Ever, ever, ever. I don't want to go back to that. And I just want Bulls fans to know that. I'm not saying to to be blind to anything. You know what I mean? Like, don't be blind, you know, to to the issues that the team has. 
or stuff like that. But also, like, just remember where it was when you're when you're heaping certain negativities on the squad. You know, logical ones that have to do with the game. I'm with. We can have them discussions. I'm cool with that all day long. We can have them arguments, debates. Let's talk ball. Like I'm with all that, man. But some of this stuff, like you said, the bleep, the bleep, some of this stuff, you're just like, come on, man. Like how much hate you got in your heart? You know, let's let's get a hug going on up in here, man. What we doing? You know, <laughs> like, it's sad. But yeah, I don't want Bulls fans to forget that it's been it's it's been a minute since we've been here, but we're here. And every night now, since the East is so good, every night now it's going to be a good game. You know, like every night you're going to watch some good basketball and your team is going to be one of the teams that's actually playing good basketball. And it's been a minute for that. And yeah, I'm just, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, we got all these nationally televised games this year. <sighs> We've well, been on TV. Like, like you know, <laughs> come on. They've been on TNT at all. You know, <laughs> TNT Bulls was just dormant and sleep, yeah. you know, and they starting on TNT in the preseason. They're starting there. Yeah. This, this wasn't a thing, you know, with the Bulls. Like, this was not a thing. We're at the point now that we were actually surprised they weren't playing on Christmas. And it was logical to have that feeling. Before, it was just, I just want to watch my favorite team. It was expected. But, right, right. But now it's like, no, they're good. Why aren't they on television? Like, they should be here now. And I, I have proof to show you. And not just a Zach Levine 15 three-point game. You don't say anything like that. It's just literal proof to show you that this team is good and people support this team because as you all know bulls nation is super global so yeah man like i'm just i'm just excited to get this season going and and watch good basketball i really am and i don't want people to forget the trash that was here and just enjoy the season we got 19 days away from the preseason Let's do this, man. I'm ready. Are y'all excited? Are y'all y'all ready for it? Yes. <laughs> I'm definitely excited. <laughs> oh man. Are y'all, is it someone you're looking forward to the most of watching? Is it just one particular player you just got your eye on? I'm asking all y'all this question. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, because um I think that people, like just in my opinion, uh people have been not really giving Levine his due. Mm. Um, and I think that like Levine had a, a good year last year. I think that that's like kind of lost on people. He had a good year and it was a down year for him. <laughs> so I'm like really interested to see what he comes back with being healthy now, like just coming back and kind of shutting people up and like having, like just reminding people like, yes, I am that guy who was that guy on the Olympic team. Like, you know, we saw the impact that he had winning that gold medal. It's a big part of of that team being able to pull off those wins. And um, I think that he's capable of getting to another level. I don't know if that's necessarily something that people outside of Bulls nations have kind of like grasped or, or run to, but I think that he's, uh, he's gonna go off on a next level this year. That's what I'm most excited to see, too, between him and Pat Will. But, yeah, with Zach, like, again, him being injured, I think people took it for granted that he was injured. Like, he's playing through injury. He's playing through pain. Like, he was out working <laughs> through pain, trying to contribute how, however he could. And the last contract he outplayed, 
So here we are. We'll see where we'll see where it goes. But I'm pretty sure he'll play up to his contract, if not more. And of course, with Pat, like we need to see what he can do. Like we, it's all about this is his potential. This is what we think he can be. But now we will get to see what he actually is this season. So those two are the most who I want to see the most. I'm really excited about that. That's crazy because that's that's a great point about Zach because people forget that he was really hurt like pretty much the whole year. Yeah. You know, starting with his with his hand, you know, hurting his finger all the way up to his knee. Still an all-star, you know, still put up incredible numbers and, and mm-hmm. did incredible things being injured. But yeah, but I'm sorry, dude. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, for for me, it, it's the team as a whole, because we don't have like okay. we don't have like a Michael Jordan where you know, oh, he's just gonna go out there and dominate every single time. I want to see like the team as a whole where they figure out because you know a lot of guys are on the last year of their deal. Like, do they fit here? Should we extend them? Um, do we need to move him because we can bring in a better piece that can do what he does? Like, how are we going to get this team to the next level? So I want to see everybody, Zach, Kobe, Io, <laughs> Damar, Pete Will, Vooch, like people. Keep hating on Vooch. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, this is last year to try to get some big money, too. So, try to see what he's going to do. That's true. Yeah, the Vooch hate is, is, is real. Like, it's really real. And that's that's one of the things we're going to touch on when we start uh, breaking down some, some playbooks, like, next week. is That's the one person I'm starting with, is, is Vooch. And I just want to highlight uh, the importance of him, basically, and how this skill set is rare <laughs> that he has at center. And you can't name, you can name on one hand, you know, the centers that have that skill set. And I guarantee you the names you say are all pro or MVPs. I promise you. So you, yeah, I don't, so he shot bad from three. That is literally people's maddening. Yes. With him. <laughs> he shot bad from three. Your, your center did not shoot well from three. <laughs> <laughs> Your center didn't okay. go four of six, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> for the three-point line. Out of six attempts, he did not hit four of them, and you're and you're upset. You shot 31%. I'm like, a, a bad season from your center is 17 and 11? Come on, man. Like, that's – that's okay, I'll take that. But at the same time, if – that's, again, where Patrick Williams comes into this, because if Patrick Williams has that good season, that 17 and 11 looks amazing. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to make your team look – super lethal if if Patrick Williams is having a season that I want him to have you know what I mean like it's yeah but the Vuchet is crazy man like you it all comes down to the shooting like you you can't argue me scoring you can't argue me rebounding you know you can you can talk about the defense for sure you know you can say that but again a lot was put on him because of injuries and he was just that only guy there you know he was a lot was put on him because of that but the main thing you can argue you can't yeah, threes. It's like, word. That's it. That's what we got. All right, three point shooting for your center. All right, great. It's so, not. Yeah. It's not just that. You know. Um, I think that what's lost on people, like just going back a little bit, like Wendell Carter was not a center. Like he, no. like, he was like not even close to being a center. So essentially, what the Bulls went from was going from Robin Lopez who was the last real center that they had okay. to Vooch. And I think that that like somehow like people like have just like, 
just I don't know like the mental gymnastics that people are are not understanding like you did not go from Wendell Carter to Vooch even though Vooch is a better player than Wendell Carter even now he is still better and on a uh capable of you know helping a team like get into the playoffs you went from Robin Lopez to Vooch that's mm. a that's a tremendous jump <laughs> I don't think that people <laughs> fully understand and no offense to Robin Lopez who was I think one of the better screeners that this team has had in years but yes. that's that's a big jump going from Robin Lopez to Vooch I just oh, want to put great. that out there because people are like just I feel like people are not fully understanding that. No, no, no. I mean, he has, he has to clear the paint so many times because of, you know, all the ISO that we play too. Got to get out yes. of the league. So that's why he's over here popping threes. And, but Yes, he's setting those high screens. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I, yes, my God, Jay, I owe you a hug when I see you, bro. Because I, <laughs> I can't tell you how long I've been telling people that Wendell Carter Jr. is not a center. I can't tell you how long I've been saying this. Like, bro, he is a forward. He is better when, when you, every time I've seen him play, he's better when he's bit, when he's the taller person, when he's bigger than his opponent, he's better. Okay. And so for me, that's like, I'm a forward, you know, I'm not a center. Cause obviously you're not going to be big. If you're a center, you got to go against him. B you got to go against Yogi. You got to go against them dudes. So you got to defend that and then come back down the floor and try to score. That's not his game. He went to Orlando and they were like, Oh yeah. First of all, you're blind. <laughs> Give you some glasses. <laughs> you, know what you know what I mean? Let's do that first. You can't see, which is awesome that he was still double doubling and couldn't see. But he, he couldn't see. Let's do that. Let's clear up your health because he had never played over 45 games when he was here. Never. He never played 45 games. So let's clear that up. And then let's, because he's banged up and he's playing center, he's going to be hurt. Then let's put Mo Bamba, who's the center, let him do that, which will allow you to roam. And do that because then you can cheat with him at center on certain possessions you know what i mean and not just every single time dragging these big dudes up and down the floor no now he's a little more free and you saw it in his game how easy and simpler it was you know what i mean now he can see in high definition and now he can actually <laughs> do stuff but oh my god i'm talking about i used to get man the stuff i used to take for that i'm like dude he ain't i, I was saying he should have came off the bench because not because he didn't deserve to start, but because Lowry was at the four. And I wanted him to play the four. And I was like, let him come off the bench and play the four and let Gafford play the five. That's how I wanted it. You know what I mean? Let that be the case. But yes, he is not a center at all. Thank you. Like people like got caught Period. up on this like positionless <laughs> basketball. Like, like, yeah. oh, okay, positionless basketball. So we can just have six foot ten, like um point guards like that makes sense no there's a reason why you want your point guard to be a certain size within a certain like size length because like just like just the aesthetics and just like the way the basketball court is designed you need to have smaller people with the ball in their hands <laughs> making plays for the bigger people who can get close to the basket like I don't understand how like that just kind of got lost in the past like 10 years where people have been trying to say, oh no, positionless basketball. You can just throw people out there and they'll just like figure it out. Like, no, that does not work, okay? <laughs> it doesn't work. It, I think that speaks to um, 
the incompetence of Garpax because Wendell mm. said in an interview himself, he said, I'm a power forward. Yeah. <laughs> but they yeah. put him, they insisted to have him at center. Oh, they he was getting he bullied. Did. Listen, he did, and that ball headed menace did as well. Because <laughs> he he made him put on more weight, you know, which is ridiculous. You know what I mean? Made him put on more weight and then told him not to shoot threes. <laughs> he told him it was a bad. Do you remember those games where he would be standing like at the top of the key, just confused about what he needs to do with the basketball? He's like, I don't, should I shoot it? Should I not? I don't know. Cause this dude has told me to, to not take this shot. This is a bad shot. He was very confused. I was very hard on, on Wendell for sure. I was hard on him because some of that stuff was on him. You know, I'm not saying it was all on coaching and things like that, but once he got out of here and I saw how they were going to use him, I was, like, okay, yeah, this is going to work for him. He's going to be okay. This is going to work for him. He's in a better situation. This is going to be awesome. Same same thing I would say with Lowry. And I was a huge Lowry marketing fan, bro. I was riding hard for Lowry. I bought, I bought the man's hot sauce all the way from Finland, bro. Like, I was a fan, man. Like, I, I'm so serious. I bought like six of them. Had them sent to me. Like, ranch, all that. I still got some. I still, I wish I had it around. I'll show it to you. But yeah, man, I was a colossal fan of, of Lowry Market. I just knew he was that next one because the skills, I mean, the February, of course, but all the other stuff, I would just watch him overseas in Finland. And that's when I learned sometimes overseas, you're a different player than you are when you're here in the NBA. Sometimes it's a different thing, man. And, and Lowry is definitely an example of that. But I think he's going to be great in Utah, honestly. I think he's exactly where he needs to be right there. Yeah, I think he, he dropped like 40 in Finland the other night. And I, I text I text Melissa and Justin. I'm like, why couldn't he do this <laughs> in oh, the NBA? Listen, he was doing that in Finland when he was here. This is why I was so hyped up about, man, the moves this dude was doing. He was doing turnaround fadeaways from the baseline, man. As, as a rookie, I'm watching him do this. And I'm going crazy. I'm like, oh, my God, yes, this is the one. And then he get over here and say, now, now, what do I do with this ball? <laughs> like, like, what, what is, is that something lost in translation, bro? Like, I don't, I couldn't understand why it was like that for him. You know what I mean? And I hope he kind of figures it out because he can play. He's obviously skilled, you know, but it just didn't work out for him here. And that's fine. You know, and I'm always telling that to people. I'm, I'm always okay if it doesn't work out here for certain players, you know? I'm, I just want them to continue their careers. Like Daniel Gafford, everybody know I love Daniel Gafford. But when he got traded, I thought it was the great, it was the right move. Mm-hmm. I was like, it wasn't going to work here. It just wasn't. He, it, it could work somewhere else. And you see he's doing much better, you know, over in Washington. He's having a much better time and much better go of that go of it uh, over there. Um, but yeah, like him, Wendell, uh, uh, just mentioned Lowry, you know, those guys are just in better positions to succeed. And I'm all for that. And I hope that, and I wish them nothing but success unless they play in the pools. <laughs> but I hope it works out for them, man. Really, I do. Because they deserve that. They, they really deserve that, man. Them dudes are skilled. They, they don't suck. You know what I mean? They, they can definitely play. But yeah, it just wasn't going to work here. And that's fine. And that's okay. And I'm happy with what the Bulls have. And I'm happy with where they are. Yeah, well, hoping that this season, the pieces that we do have work here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man. I'm hoping, bro. Like that's, but like I said, it's just gonna be fun to watch. That's all I know. It's gonna be fun to watch them figure it out and and succeed. And I can't wait to watch guys like Io 
who is wise beyond his years and who's he's mental. A I'm, he's a sponge. Yes. A, a straight up sponge. Ask a million questions. You know, it's what he does. He just asks a million. And I, and I relate to stuff like that. That's what I do. Um, because I, you know, always feel like once you think, you know, everything you, you're dumb, <laughs> you don't know any, you know, or they say the man that knows something knows that he knows nothing at all. You know, it's, it's like that. So that constant learning of, of IO, you know, that he always has and always trying to ask questions and be smart. The man say he keeps a journal and I'm like, I relate to that. I got one. So I've been keeping journals since I was like 13. Like this, I get all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? I get all that trying to learn and continuing to learn but also applying it to his game and his physical, you know, getting his body ready, changing the way he eats, you know, um, watching more game film, you know, getting that kind of mentally prepared, you know, to deal with what's going on on the floor. Like I'm, I'm super excited to watch, you know, his progression because he's already got it mentally. It's just now physical uh, with him. So he's conquered for me, the biggest part, the biggest hurdle, which is, you know, having your mind, right. So he's got that straight. So now for me, now it's just, it's just all physical now, him like adding things to his game to keep making him better and better and better. And yeah, just, I'm excited to watch him. Well, thank Big Dave for coming on. You want to you know, tell them they can, where they can listen to you on CHGO? <laughs> yes, please. Yes. Um, check us out on CHGO Bulls podcast. It's daily of Bulls podcast. We talk about the Bulls every single day, five days a week, whether it's a game or not. We talking Bulls. Uh, myself, uh, Matt Peck, uh, Will Gottlieb, and uh, Mark K contributes uh, when he can on the show. Uh, right now, he's on every single Friday with Will. They're, you know, uh, redoing their Bulls HQ show on CHGO Bulls. So they do that every single Friday uh, as a podcast, which is really cool. So, but yeah, man, it's, it's, it's really a dream job for me. I don't, it, it's not really a job. Like, I can't believe that you're giving me a check for this. Um, Cause you know, it's something I do for free. You know what I mean? Like I would, I would be doing this, you know, whether they were giving me a check or not, I would be doing this. Um, whether I was in front of a microphone or not, I would be doing this, talking about the bulls all the time. It's what I do. So it's a part of my DNA. So yeah, thank you for watching. I'm glad y'all like it. Um, it's going to be more of it. Uh, check us out on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at Ball Sports B A W L uh, Sports. And yeah, man, like just much more stuff to come. Tangent that tea, that Barry's tea on a little tangent. That's really Say it again. That Barry's tea is really nice. Oh, <laughs> yes. A little tangent, but man, that's it. <laughs> I like it. A little bit, a little bit, man. Everything comes out. You know, everything comes out. You know, nothing. Is off limits. My, I, I have a lot of thoughts <laughs> about a lot of things, and yeah, those tangents, those things always come out, man. And yeah, we talk about, I'm, yeah, we talk about everything. You know, we'll get into whatever, whenever, music, movie, whatever. We, we gonna get into it. So yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm glad somebody likes it. Like I am, I'm glad somebody likes it. So thank you. Oh, Dave, wait, I just thought What's about it? it. Just going back to how we originally started this, you were right with Tom Hanks in the water. Okay. I just thought about Road to Perdition. Mm, when, in the rain. when Michael sees his father as the gangster for the first time, it's mm. raining. Yes, it and is. And then when he takes out his boss, it's raining. Yep. Yes, he is. Yes, it is. Sir. I never thought about that with the, <laughs> with the water, man.
man. Tom Hanks and water, man. Something bad's gonna happen, bro. <laughs> Something bad's about to happen. You gotta watch it, man. You gotta watch it. Yeah, man. But that see, this is the kind of in-depth thing you get watching <laughs> CHGO Bulls and also nothing but bull. This this is the kind of stuff you're gonna get on the show all the time. It's just us being us. And so yeah, it's it's an awesome thing, man. We appreciate you, Dave. Man, yeah. I appreciate y'all, bro. Thank, thank you so you. much for coming on and thank you for everything you do. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Much love to y'all. Thanks for coming on again, Dave. My man. Our host, Big Dave, you know, <laughs> watch CHDO. You can watch us. You're going to get these type of episodes every time. Uh, may go to Tom Hanks movies to <laughs> learn it to be yourself. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, I definitely got some like Chuck Swirsky kind of vibes going, you know, with just being authentic and like, you know, really. Um, taking hold of the moment whenever it presents itself, but just like a lot of positive vibes uh, from Dave on that aspect. And, you know, just a lot of great stories, um, just very insightful and, and authentic to a T. So we really appreciated having him on. And, you know, this one went a, bit, a little bit long, so <laughs> go ahead and wrap it up. Um, you can join us because we're coming right back at you with another episode on Monday, the 19th, with special guest Ronnie Brewer Jr. So until then, go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Tennis game over. The horn blows. Oh.